welcome to the GCW Plants Podcast, episode 31. Once again with us, Mr. John J. Wolf. How are you doing tonight, John? I'm doing fantastic, man. We're back at it. We got a weekend episode. How you doing, dude? Energetic. Can't wait to uh, cover this one and then get into the LA show as well because I went to the LA show once. So I did definitely want to talk about that one soon, but this one was fun because I had one of my kind of dream matches I had on the independence between Gresham and Speedball. So uh, yeah, this is going to be a fun episode to cover GCW's moment of clarity. But before we cover that, I know you have uh, some pre-show remarks that you want to talk about. So we'll hop right into those. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to kind of have some fun. Some of us are educated um, wrestling fans. So I wanted to throw out a little history there for someone who might appreciate it. So there are only two active wrestlers at this time in wrestling that yeah. can say they had wrestled Vern Gagne. One of them is Jerry the King Waller. The second is Action Mike Jackson. So I don't know how many fans remember, but there was a gentleman who was in his 70s who came in and he walked the railing around the uh, around the uh, the ring there. And um, I just wanted to let everyone know that watching Action Mike Jackson do his thing was historically really freaking cool. So Action at the time was a jobber and he ended up having a match against Vern. So... It was just really cool to mention, and yeah, there are only two out there, him and Jerry the King Waller. So, I don't know. It was kind of cool, man. So, I never saw any of Mike Jackson outside of GCW at all, ever. Did he used yeah. to do the top rope walk then, too, or no? I'm sure, because I'll tell you what, anybody that good at 72, yeah. I, I'm guessing, yes, to okay. be honest with you. I haven't seen action before this myself. I wondered how like innovative that move was probably back then of like everyone's like, oh, my God, like he's like I'm the only first person I remember doing that was The Undertaker. And then that was just halfway across one rope, not ever going across all four corners. So I just wondered how that was uh, reacted to upon back in the day when uh, Action Mike Jackson first did it, if he did it back then. Dude, he had to. Let me tell you, he's been around a long ass time. He debuted in 1979. Oh, so, Jesus. I mean, he's been around as long as I've been alive doing this. So. <laughs> I'm sore now. I couldn't imagine taking bumps since 79, dude. And yeah. then doing all that. <laughs> uh, Alabama, Southern guy. You're going to see a lot of that. Peach State Wrestling Alliance champion. Um, also big as the junior heavyweight champion in Alabama. So he did territory, and it looks like he kind of stayed with a lot of the South throughout his career. Don't quote me, but that's what I just read. I wanted to pull something up real quick on him, and that's what I found. I thought that was pretty cool too. GCW let them or let him wrestle for the first time in New York because uh, he'd never wrestled in New York before either earlier this year. So I thought that was a pretty cool moment too that they uh, gave action Mike Jackson. Yeah, I'm a sucker for all that feel good stuff, and I think that's a that's a real feel good moment. And they did the same thing for uh, Ricky Martin. I think last year when they were in Wyoming, they I think that was his last date he never uh, wrestled in. Oh, and then after yeah. that one, I think that they gave him I'm pretty sure they gave him a plaque of like, "Hey, you've now wrestled in uh, all fifty states," and kind of like a cool another moment of a not a independent wrestler, but you know, a wrestler that's been in the business forever that wasn't. Uh, well, Ricky Martin was on the big leagues, but I'm thinking of like Mike Jackson, where he was. I don't, I don't remember him being on the big leagues ever. Never heard of him. So I think that's cool. Like they're giving these veteran wrestlers like little moments that they never got before that 
these other companies oh, yeah. never gave. So I think that's always cool whenever I see them give out the legends, the moments like that. Yeah, they, they're getting their flowers. Yes, exactly. I really think that's the way to do it. And I think it's absolute wonderful. I mean, it, it's goodwill. It's really goodwill to get those guys out there and give. They still have goals. Yeah. And we're able to help that we GCW is able to help them achieve that goal. And we're fortunate enough to watch it go down. You yeah. Know, the, his 50th state. How freaking cool is that? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So uh, but... Fight TV, man. I was going to say, how you uh, how you doing with the new Fight TV Plus situation? So I know that was the, the next thing we were going to talk about. I yeah. I'm enjoying being able to go back and watch them all. But um, I they did announce, which was a pretty, pretty cool thing, what they're going to be doing starting tomorrow. So if you are starting today, if you're listening to this, because we we're going to be putting it out here tomorrow. So if you're listening to this tonight or starting today on November 6th, you are able to start watching all the NGIs. Um, one through six before number seven happens next Saturday. So starting tomorrow and every day of the week, they're going to put out a new NGI um, Nick Gage Invitational to kind of give uh, fans a little background and kind of watch the, what the NGI is all about in GCW. So they're going to release that on Fight TV each week where I was disappointed just because like I was going to start that tonight myself. And so I was like getting it all ready, but uh, I can't watch any of the NGIs one, two, three, four, five or six because they're not released yet on fight TV. So that was kind of a bummer, but I kind of get it. If it's a cool thing to kind of get their program with GCW working, kind of like, Hey, this is our first show. We're really going to be doing with this new fight TV plus go check out the history of this show and all the coolness and violence that they have provided. I just wish it was kind of, I didn't have to watch it on their time. I wanted to watch it on my time, but it is pretty cool though. Do you? Yeah. 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 Oh, see, now we're getting spoiled because we get exactly. Yes. And it's what it is. Yeah, so I'll go through this real quick. For me, I mean, on my end, I didn't have plans, you know, Saturday night to listen or to watch it. So for me, it's kind of a surprise. I found this out just a couple days ago because I was looking to see what that situation was with the um, the next pay-per-view that's going to be coming up here soon. I think that is um, the Settlement Series. And then we have the NGI 7. Okay, so this was really absolutely fantastic when i looked it up it's still five dollars it's part of that fight plus pro you know package and gosh it feels so good to see i don't have to plunk out 14 15 or say 22 23 for a package but if anybody is listening and this is the day november 6th you can watch ngi 1 november 7th ngi 2 here we go. November 8th, NGI 3. November 9th, NGI 4. November 10th, NGI 5. November 11th, NGI 6. And November 12th, NGI 7. These are all on Fight TV. You're able to get this for $5 a month. It's a fantastic deal. And I said it before, if you're a fan, I mean, if you're a fan, you're listening to this, what we're doing here. So, I mean, spend the five bucks totally worth it all the money you saved on the shows now you can put that towards a ticket so you can go out there and see it live when it comes to your area yes uh i like i said i wanted to start by nj i watched i was going to do kind of the same thing but i was going to start it tonight but yeah i'll go on fight tv i'll get my five dollars worth i'll be patient hell yeah man we gotta oh, learn you're patience. gonna watch all these oh yeah definitely oh we're here we're gonna hear about it for sure yeah it's okay, gonna be fun though so we were talking about um, we don't really talk too often about things that we see on Patreon or here on Patreon. We kind of keep that exclusive to the Patreon members. So I'm not going to get too far into it. 
but there were a couple interesting things that I wanted to talk about that I thought was important. And it's because I have learned some information and I had to change my mind. And I think that's important to do. You find out something new, you know, you got to change your mind on it. So for the longest time, we were talking on the podcast and, and I was really pushing it where we're going, hey, we could use some more long-term storytelling. We, we do like to have that, that interaction there. We like to have a storyline. So as we were listening to a podcast that had come out that was exclusive to the Patreon members, GCW, there was a part where they were talking about this situation and how Brett addressed it. So what's going on is that there are so many wrestlers that are in and out of the company so often that it's hard to get engaged in a long-term story because so much can happen between those times where you're trying to tell that story between shows. So I found out that reasoning and that's exactly why we have more short-term storytelling and I wanted to just say that he's right. Um, and he's right to run his business how he wants to. And it makes sense to me. It would really suck as a fan to get burnt by a story that never gets completed because somebody couldn't show up or something beyond their control. And, you know, if we find that that happens over and over, that's going to make our opinion of the company go down. So I think this is the safe way to go in this situation. So I had to change my mind about that. And then I'm going to give you a last section here because I think it was kind of cool. There have been 65 unique shows this year put on by GCW, um, with the exception of JCW and the LA fights. 65. So I wanted to mention here how many people have had, let's just say, 40 or above matches in GCW. So how many shows have they attended? out of that amount so out of 40 so we're talking a quarter a third of the shows eighth place out of all these wrestlers we have in 2022 eighth place at 40 that's blake christian joey janela at 42 alley catch at 42 number five effie coming in at 43 matches nick wayne at 47 cole radrick number three at 48 jimmy lloyd at 53 and jordan oliver at 56 so we're looking at only two um performers that have been over that 50 mark so they've missed 15 20 shows this year so i looked into this and i'm like okay i i gotta find where there's maybe a kink in in his logic and maybe i can kind of work there is no there's no problem with his logic whatsoever i really do understand now that even our regulars aren't there every show so that's what i had to say about that and i wanted to say i'm I'm uh, I'm eating it on that one, and I've changed my mind, and I respect that. I'm kind of the exact same way because I the same thing. We always talk about we want storylines, we want storylines, and we always wondered why or not, and like or we I've said I think like oh that's just like a lazy answer that we got from Brett of oh like we got the wrestlers to coming in and out and blah blah blah. I'm like yeah, there's ways yeah. like in my mind I'm like there's ways around it, but hearing it from another promoter and how it's kind of a common thing on the indie scene, I'm the same way. I started to kind of slow my track down a little bit because i thought about it like okay well let's go back like as you said let's think about it blake we always talked about blake christian like we're upset that you announced this great part a change of character you announce it and nothing came from it 
like we don't know what came from it or what there was no explanation nothing it just went i'm graveheart i'm graveheart i'm graveheart next day nope i'm back to all, back to all heart no explanation so i get that like that that's, a, that's kind of one of my main problems with the whole blake christian thing is it's not anything in ring or stylistically or nothing it's just hey you said you were going to change your character and then nothing came from it so as you said it would suck to get your hopes up for this big long storytelling and then no payoff and that's how i like just as you said hearing that interview with him was kind of like shit that's you're right because i thought the same thing with blake it's like i think there's a way you can go around it and fix it i did the the storytelling i know the wrestlers in and out like there's a way around it but when we don't get the payoff it does suck and as you said they're in and out I go back to the Starboy Charlie and South Pacific Savages. This has been like a year long story, but it, we've only really seen it told six times in this over a year time, over a year thing. It's been addressed six times yeah, throughout yeah. this whole year. So kind of like on the opposite, we get long term storytelling, but it's been six, six matches or six ways they've kind of gone over this match or this style this storytelling so it's like now it's dragged on for a year and a half to be told six different six times to elevate and further the storyline where it's just way too long so i'm the yeah, kind of the yeah. same way i'm i've learned to kind of change my tone on that even though i'd still like to see it done and i think i still think there's ways but i'm just me i'm not i'm not the uh, rob black or brett lauded or any other promoter who's actually sitting there doing going through it because i know they probably want to do all this cool stuff too but it's kind of a risk reward kind of thing so i i very much like that interview because it did open my eyes to a lot of things where i just heard it out of one mouth but hearing it out of another person's mouth they kind of gave it more credit more credible more credence and stuff like that so uh, i would definitely check out that interview too if you guys are on the patreon because it was uh i know rob black gets a gets a lot of hate and a lot of he has a lot of stuff around him but i really think with this interview it was very informative and well-spoken in his uh out of his mouth so because i think it was nice to hear rob black the human yep. instead of just rob black the actions and the promoter because, yeah absolutely because if you look at rob black's actions the common person would see that he doesn't play as nicely as he likes to play competitively i understand that that's perfectly fine the more competition and the better it is for the um performers not a problem with that whatsoever i want to go back on something real quick here the blake um face turn the heel then the face turn i never thought about this till now but i'm wondering if this was around the time that Blake may have gotten picked up or looked at by someone. And they said, look, we picked up the Blake who was the face. We think that you going heel right now would be counterintuitive to your base. And we'd like to keep that base intact when we bring you over to, you know, fill in the blank here, wrestling company. What do you think? Maybe that that's an, that's an option, right? That is very what I think the same way, but I, I don't know. I they guess it's easier if... after this match. Yeah. Just after this match. Kind of I'm fall done, back. Man. I'm just I'm doing it for this is just a chapter in my life. Now it's over. And and it's we a, might not know something. And if he is under quote unquote contract with I picked up, <clears throat> um, then I guess it would have like okay yeah you I own your contract so you're gonna have to do what we're doing. Where all these other right, independent right. wrestlers they're not under quote unquote contract for these companies. They're just kind of like show up and do it. Cause that's kind of what I liked about. 
kind of on the indie scene were like Alley Catch. She's one way in GCW, but then now she's like in another company and she gets to be a different version of herself. Same thing with Billy slash Bully Starks. She's one way for GCW. She's one, she's Bully Starks for another company. Um, Speedballs, we see it sometimes where he's kind of the face for GCW, then in other companies, mm-hmm. he's the heel. And I like seeing that because you get to see, and it gives the performers more practice and practice. in front of an audience of building their character and what's going to be ultimately their best fit when they quote unquote do get called up. So I like seeing all that stuff, but I get it. As you said, if he did get picked up and it has a contract, then yeah, you're going to have to kind of do what the contract says. So, um, but that goes back to the whole long-term, short-term storytelling that stuff. It makes it very difficult. It can be very difficult to do the long-term stories, storytelling with the injuries, with people getting signed by bigger companies, and with no shows possibly happening or double booked or something like that. So I just wish there was a there's. I think there is a balance, and we do see a balance of it. But I just would like to see more storytelling involved with this with the my uh, wrestling. Okay, so. Let's just have fun for a minute. Um, the first thing I will say before we go into the fun part here, Stephen A. and Michael Servino did a great job on this interview. I just wanted to say that there was no battle lines drawn. It was completely question and answer. I have talked to a lot of GCW fans that love this interview with Rob Black. And you know how territorial fans can be. Oh, fuck this guy. No, it was quite the opposite. And I really enjoyed it. And... To see this happen gets my mind going in directions where what would happen, you know, if these two companies decide to hook up and rule the indie scene. The deathmatch scene especially, too, because XPW's more the deathmatch. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie, that may be a good thing. Maybe one company goes more towards deathmatch and the other goes more towards a different style. Um just just basically uh kind of like gcw does a touch here and there of the violence when necessary you know they normally have eight to nine matches per show they like to pepper in two or three hardcore extreme matches there love it uh but no i just wanted to say it for someone who is studying things like interviews i thought they did a fantastic job they knew when to shut up and let the guy talk and breathe and yeah, it was nice to see the human Rob Black instead of just the man who makes the aggressive moves to put his company first. Um, yeah, because I thought during, when yeah. they would do that interview, when they announced it originally, I thought it was going to be a little bit more confrontational than obviously what happened. There was not really a confrontation at all. But I really like because this is kind of where I like Stephen A. Like sometimes he's out there and crazy, but it in a good way where it makes you think about stuff where you don't think about. So I, I like hearing his point of views on a lot of these things, but, um, and I liked how during the interview, like they said, well, yeah, I know, like, I know you said stuff about me. And so he's like, well, yeah, I have, but there's nothing fair. Not the, it's just, he's I, stuttered, dude. it's he's just stuttered. like, I heard it. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> Hey, I don't, it's not that, uh, I don't like you as a person. Just, I don't agree with the booking. It's fine. As we or say here. Yeah. yeah as, as we say here, it's like, Hey, it's just not my cup of tea, but obviously it's a lot of people's cup of tea. So do what you're doing. And just cause I don't like, it doesn't mean after shit on it. I'm just going to be honest and give my opinion on it. So it's not, I really liked how he was kind of, like I said, still honest and not just like, oh, it's Rob Black. Yeah. We got to be nice to him. Like, no, they still kind of gave him like a little started off a little easy. And then it kind of ended with a little bit harder questions. But I'm glad, I'm glad that like Rob Black just took it all and tried and didn't get defensive, didn't get antagonistic. He just was straight yeah. up honest. And 
I I liked it. Yeah, I liked the whole interview. I I thought it was it was way better than what I thought it was going to be. And I guess I don't know if it was Stephen A. or Michael, but they did say that they if they were given the time, they had four hours worth of questions they would have loved to went through. And I'm oh yeah. Sure I'm sure he would have stayed for all of them if he was able to. But it sounds like they um, might bring him back too. Like they said, like oh, like he said, I would, I'd like to do this again. I don't mind it. It was fun. So we'll see. I certainly hope so. I know both men, um, both Brett and uh, hey, they're kind of they're kind of fiery and they believe in what they do, and I understand that. Um, there and- would be a uh, there would be a clash of culture is going to be the biggest thing. And I won't go too deep into that because Rob goes into a lot of controversial things, but he talks about wrestling culture and how things have changed and how um, that just he talks about a lot of fantastic things. And the only thing I can say is we could talk for an hour or two about his hour talk because it was just so interesting. No shit. Get on Patreon if you can check it out, because I don't want to give away again exclusives that we pay for. You should go on there and check it out, too, if you get a chance. Like I said, you're saving money on these shows now. Kick a dollar, five dollars or whatever towards this and check this stuff out. It is so good. And then when we talk about it, everybody that's listening will also have their own opinions and uh, maybe share them with us. Yeah, like as, as you said, the five dollars for Patreon. The, the real reason I joined the Patreon, to be honest with you, was I wanted to learn about the history of GCW. And yeah. at that time, they ha- we haven't had one of these episodes in over a year since I've been Patreon. So I kind of hope they are doing something about this. But they had like an actual section of history of GCW where they went and talked about like historical events that they happened at our shows and like they went over the backstory of everything that happened so i thought and they have a lot of them on there they just kind of stopped doing them within the last year i really wish they would bring that back because i love talking about that kind of stuff i love listening and learning about all those things and uh the backstory of what made that kind of event so important or so chaotic or shit happened and what went down and what was done behind the scenes i loved it and so i would highly suggest the five dollar patreon just for the history of gcw go back and check out those episodes that they do have up there because they are very informative and entertaining puts us all on the same level so when we're talking about this people who are listening to us can go oh yeah 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 you know what i'm thinking about that you know yeah, and like that's what I kind of like about this because on there, uh, even though it's the GCW Patreon, it's the World of Deathmatch podcast. So it's not just GCW centric, where they do talk a lot about GCW, but they do talk about all these other deathmatch companies around the world. So I, I, I would would highly check it out. A lot of good content. They are starting to kind of ramp up their content. It seems like too, which is a good thing on their Patreon. So um, definitely would check out the GCW Patreon for five bucks. Or if you go to a lot of the shows or you want to get some merch, get the game changer tier. It's a little bit more expensive, but uh, you get merch every month and you get to, if you go to the shows, you get first in line, like you get a special Patreon line where you get to get in the venue first before everyone else. So um, definitely oh, worth the price. Bracket tickets. Yeah. Then you get first crack at yeah. tickets as well too, which is sometimes a, very important thing. <laughs> yeah, you can damn near guarantee front row yep. at your local show. I I know it can get a little crazy at LA or in New York or some of these places where fans are really trying. If you're in line when the ticket time is released to purchase, you're going to pretty much get a front row seat for you and whoever you want to bring with you and highly recommend it, man. Yeah. Um. Okay, so the secret question. I just wanted to kind of spring this on you because I thought it would be fun here. And this was talked about just shortly on the GCW podcast, just, just for a quick minute. Um, 
knowing the genius of Paul Heyman and what he has done with media and ECW over the years, do you think ECW would still be afloat today if streaming shows live were, were an option back then? So I would say, you know, 95. What if we had the option of streaming this directly into our house or on our computers and sit down with our friends for whatever dollar amount? And um, yeah. I think they would be a, absolutely a modern day GCW. Like, I don't think they could obviously get on network television. Well, even though they were on it, you saw it was kind of a way different version of ECW on the network television because of sponsorships and all these other stuff that obviously the loopholes you have to go through where nowadays like GCW, they just have to make fight TV happy and fight TV is pretty laid back. It looks like with everything where it's like, Hey, that we like what you're doing. We think you could do whatever, keep doing what you're doing, but put our, we'll yeah. put our name behind it. We'll give you our platform to showcase everything, but don't change anything. Do what you guys are doing. Like it's controversial, but it's nothing where it's going to be like, Oh, it's going to hurt our pockets or hurt our end on fight TV. It's just, it's out there. Like, no, I don't think they're putting out anything that is way over the top or i mean even they're putting out xpw shows on some of the stuff i mean like especially as much as what happened on the last xpw show obviously that's why rob black was on that podcast but um i think like fight tv has done a very good job as a platform of getting their company's content out there while letting the companies be authentic to themselves and not kind of pushing back and giving them kind of stuff that they can and can't do. They're just letting these companies be themselves. And I think back in the day with Paul Heyman, that would have been awesome for G or ECW because they kind of are GCW. They push the line. There's a lot of violence, but some of these, if you put them on, what are they back in back in the day? Was it TNT or TNN back in the day? They were on TNN and yeah. at midnight. So it's obviously not a good time slot sponsorships are still involved so it's like way more negatives than we're nowadays like paul Heyman's like oh we got our fight tv channel here we go we're gonna put on our ecw show and i think it would be they'd be absolutely killing it right now <laughs> i don't think there would be a gcw right now if that's the case because paul Heyman would still be running kind of the yeah outlaw wrestling kind of company <laughs> that ecw was back in the day that gcw is now so i think they would be doing very very well as gcw is right now and brett loves history and appreciates nostalgia so i know that um ecw and gcw may have worked together in very interesting ways i think gcw possibly could have been a territory and treated like jcw i probably would have been yep they would probably would have stayed in new jersey because of all that stuff because obviously they would be kind of like these other companies that are trying to do what GCW's doing, traveling and like not getting the same success. We're like, well, we're doing the same. Where you have the same talent, we're doing the same stuff. Where, no, it's not. It's the name value now that's kind of selling out these shows. I mean, like yeah. GCW show sells before like these matches are even announced. So that just shows you how strong the brand is and could thrive without um, worrying about exactly of who's worried about bringing in the big names to carry the shows they could carry a show just on their three letters alone which is the sign of a thriving company in my opinion so yeah my curveballs in this one were does Heyman love ecw enough that if the right amount of money was given he would not have sold i feel like Heyman is the type where i understand part of it was there for money a, a large part of it i think wwe at some point would have probably tried to buy him out because I think that tape library is pretty thick. You got all those ECW, uh, WCW, 
you know, WWF guys, some of them past their prime and others well before they hit their prime. That yep. tape library, I mean, obviously they went after it. We They have it now. But I think that Heyman would have had to make a decision at some point if he would have wanted to keep his company or not. I, I don't think he would sell. Uh, I could see him getting tired or getting tired of the politicking and stuff like that. Absolutely. Where he's just like, my, day. yeah, well, I don't, uh, like not even the day to day, just like, Hey, like you got this person unhappy because they're booking, like where he's like, doesn't, doesn't have the patience kind of for where he's Talent just like relations exactly where i think that that would have drove him to kind of just like you know what? i'm tired of this shit somebody else do it let me get my money and get out but i don't see that happening for a long time with him i at that moment i saw a lot of passion in him a lot of a lot of things kind of like what we see with brett now a lot of like hey we know the business he, he loves doing this stuff where it kind of Maybe on a, as you said, a day to day basis, it kind of gets too much where it's like, hey, I don't want to deal with this bullshit right now. Like, let me do something else. But I would absolutely love to see Heyman back doing stuff nowadays with the Extreme Championship Wrestling. I thought ECW and XPW would have had an incredible fight back and forth, but I'm not 100% sure. And we won't get into this, but I'm not 100% sure XPW would have existed without ECW folding. I, I don't think GCW would be around either. There would be no CZW. I don't think there'd be a lot of these. It, it might've just been the three independent or those three. And that's it still. I don't think like, yeah. Regarding like death match kind of st- like the death match kind of companies mm-hmm. mean that have mm-hmm. death matches. I don't think none of those companies would still like, they might be there, but they would be the ones, like, as you said, stuck in their territories to the same hundred people every week yeah. where, yeah not traveling the world like how all these other companies like we kind of see doing like GCW is now. So, you know, another thing that I've noticed here, and this is the ECW effect, I believe, are how many indie companies don't feature a deathmatch? There's not many. There isn't many. Uh, Not many. Yeah. Not many. I think. I mean, we have one in our hometown here. We have FSW that, that they don't really do many if at all weapons they're not really glass people they're not extreme or deathmatch style but it just doesn't seem like there's a lot out there it seems like deathmatch on the indie scene is a given if you want fans to show up there is this hardcore group that needs to see it and there's only one way to bring them out and that's to offer that on the menu that night and that's a kind of this is kind of why like like west coast pro they are not kind of doing that kind of stuff they're just kind of doing the more traditional wrestling but they are absolutely killing it. I love watching the the West Coast Pro shows because they're more traditional. Sometimes, like I feel, I just want to watch it and to see not death matches. And they are absolutely killing it with their cards and their shows, their crowd, and their whole venue. I like everything West Coast Pros doing, but that's like one of the other companies. Like I was going to say Prestige as well, but like no, they kind of just started doing some of these crazy, not quote unquote death matches, but more extreme style matches with. Uh, some of their talent on their shows too. So yeah, it's, it's kind of tough to think of just a, one of the top independent companies now not doing it. That's match wrestling. I think the only one that came to my mind is West coast pro and defy maybe. Well, this isn't, they are a deathmatch company, but I wanted to mention it. I really hope we see XPW come back soon. I mean, I'm sorry, not XPW, VXS. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why I was like, flipping in I was like uh, that's why I was like, wait, are they, are they going on a hiatus now because look. of this stuff? Yeah, oh, VXS, I love what it. What the fuck? But no, VXS has the, has the death match. They're, I really, they're, I call them like GCW light, but like with sometimes better production. <laughs> I hate to say it because their post-production that they add to these shows, I think is awesome and amazing. Like, I love Isaac, whatever Isaac does for VXS, I love it because it, they those shows are always interesting to watch. 
And I got to at least go to one of them. I've been always wanting to go to, when I go to these LR shows, I've been wanting to go to the VXS shows, but they always have them on a Thursday night. And I can't like take two, two days gotcha. off of work to go to that. But when they had it out here in Vegas, I was super ecstatic. I was like the first one in line to get in. And like, I was excited for that show, but I was kind of worried because it wasn't a lot of big turnout <laughs> and it was a weird place. Thursday and they kind of handed. Yeah. yeah, it was a Thursday night, not a good turnout. And it was like a, the venue was outside like it was in old downtown outside so i didn't expect a lot of people but, but as the night went on there was a lot of people there and it was a very fun and entertaining show i love vxs wrestling yeah i wish they would kind of come back because like at that last this last la show they had they announced it on their show that they did on iwtv that they were going to do a show for in la but then nothing ever came about it and then they kind of said like hey we can't we canceled it for reasons beyond our control so i was a little disappointed but i love seeing vxs whenever i can so the vxs show that was here in may you want to talk about an entertaining show for me that was the first show where i saw santana jackson rob shit and dr redacted for the first time oh yeah how cool is that? Yeah, yeah i'd never seen any of those i was still getting introduced to some people in the indie scene that i hadn't seen because you, you start to see after a while that these indie wrestlers kind of travel in chunks or yep. you know they get booked in chunks so yeah, yeah i that was the first time i saw santana jackson live and i thought that was one of the most entertaining things i've seen yeah. his match with joey janela and the callbacks of pill or blanket the the baby and stuff like that and then the music playing and him pulling out the mask and hearing thriller where he does the the werewolf el elbow drop i loved it all and like that like that tweet like i've tweeted out just that stuff and like that blew up for me so they're obviously doing something right where they to me got me kind of training not training but like i went had the, probably the most views of any tweet i've ever made was that night of santana jackson and joey janela but the whole the whole night was fun like we me and my wife we were there and it was it was fun like that was a very fun vxs show sucks about the ending but uh it was fun though i think we had a show too we might have to timestamp people in case they don't want to hear us bullshit but yeah it, i'll put that in kind there. of fun to bullshit so that is say? that is all the stuff going on in the world of wrestling in our in our minds right now <laughs> but yeah we will cover here now gcw's moments of clarity coming to us from the valley dale ballroom in columbus ohio and I know on your uh, your pre-show marks, you like the way the ballroom looked too. I loved like the entrance. I love the entrance way of it. It reminded me, not reminded me of like really anything other than like I think they had like a show in Detroit where it kind of had like a little stage set up like that. But it wasn't the design on this one was cool. I like the plants. I like the lighting. I like the chandeliers. I I like this the venue. It's pretty cool yeah. seeing the venue. You said it all. No shit. <laughs> you said it all. I, I was going to say everything. You know, I'm you hit every point I was going to hit, dude. Beautiful venue. I love seeing these. It beats the the warehouses every now and then. It's uh, it's nice to share this with friends and you, know, you lock it on TV and there's a couple chandeliers and there's these beautiful plants and and, you know, you have the balcony and everything and it just looks better. And I appreciate it as a fan. Yes, that was a, it was a good way to start off the night scene all being the cool venue. Our first match of the evening is Alec Price going against SB Kento. And I don't know anything about SB Kento. Uh, I've really seen anything of him. So um, kind of finding out that he was coming over with Yamato from Dragon Gate was okay. Yes. So the Dragon Gate people, I'm wondering if they're going to be involved in the collective in some form with as much as they're working with them now close to the collective. 
but uh that gets us off track so. yeah i i definitely hope so especially with all the talent we've been seeing from dragon gate come by like this one from sp kenta first time watching him and yeah he's one of those ones i want to see more of him too i don't i don't think he's as good as yamato i really 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 loved yamato but yeah. um this was a nice change of pace from uh dragon gate wrestler and alec price um, he's been killing it as of late, so I think this was a cool little showcase match from him. A nice one-on-one going against a uh, a foreign wrestler that is pretty pretty damn good from Dragon Gate. So I was excited to see how this matchup turned out, and it was a nice, solid match. What was your thoughts on this match? Okay, so I'm a big fan of uh, PWI ranked number 159, Alec Price. Just oh, I forgot that's high. Throw that out there. That's I crazy know. high. Whoa. I, I would have uh, I would have not put him that high is what I was going to say. But yeah, it that ranking made me look twice at him like as a performer. And I'm happy I did. I'm now appreciating a little more. I think that, you know, someone put the, the bug in my head that I should be watching it more. And I appreciate that PWI really did that. I like that there was a point where Alex said GCW is my neighborhood now. I wonder if that is foreshadowing, or I'm just wondering if that shit talking. Alec is known for that. I'm not sure. Yeah, it could go either way. It could be like, hey, now I'm going to start wrestling on GCW more often, or it could be like, hey, this is my ring, not SP Kento's ring. So yeah, it could go. It has multiple meanings. I kind of hope it means that we'll see more of him on GCW programming. Both or just which one? Uh, I hope it. Yeah, I hope it's Alex's kind of thing of like, hey, I'm going to start wrestling for GCW more because I definitely want to see a lot more of him as well. Yeah, man. Uh, both men had quick moves, and it was like snap. You know how the snap on impact, where everything kind of has that extra. They had it. Both of them had it. I thought it was fantastic. It looked good. They were really booked equal in this match. It was a brawl back and forth. There were no weapons. There was no blood. This was. Uh, these were two solid men going at it. Price was allowed to, he was allowed enough freedom to do some of the moves he's known to do. And Kento and some of these Japanese wrestlers, they stick to a more traditional style. And I was happy to see, here we are with another Japanese wrestler that's so damn adapt, uh, adaptive. I love it. These, these Japanese wrestlers are always, and Kento's, I put here, a solid performer, well-trained, and well-received by fans. And I mean that. Kento's another one where, before I put a full opinion down, I need to see more of him. But what I saw so far was pretty damn good. And again, adaptive, quality wrestler. Yeah, I always wondered about that with these matches with... Um... Uh, like like non-americans because i don't know if like how much english sp kento speaks or anything but i just kind of right. always assume there's going to be a language barrier which kind of makes it seem like how are they going to call this match in the ring with this language barrier and then like how much is done beforehand of calling out the match where like some of these bad it just seems like they just as you said adapt where like they know something's going to come and this like kind of general like three moves are going to happen right now. They're just going to have to adjust accordingly to what of these, these moves are going to happen. And they do like a very good job of like, as you said, adapting to whatever these match styles are and changing their styles to make an Alec price look good where Alec price, as you said, more high flying, more fast paced spot moves where some of these, like the, in the new, uh, new Japan wrestling is all strong style striking and a lot more storytelling. And the moves are more, 
I just had the snappy, more impact, well high executed. impact move. Then instead of, yeah, instead of the fast pace, like, let me get you with four jabs and then do a, a moonsault. It's like, hey, I'm going to strike you two times with the forearm as hard as I can. And then I'm going to drop you on your head. So I do like seeing Alec Price adjust to Kento and same thing, Kento adjusting and adapting to Alex Price. I thought, as you said, they both, it was a 50-50 match and I loved both styles of the match that they both provided to this. I wanted to mention here. Okay. So this is possibly me being picky. And no, I'm 100% sure this is me being picky because I'm a fan. And I don't know the answer to this, possibly besides just a little more enthusiasm, but commentary was more conversational and it lacked a little bit of enthusiasm last night. Um, if you want to keep the younger fans and the younger demo, you have to have a little excitement. Otherwise, it just sounds like two people in their 30s, 40s, 50s having a conversation about wrestling. And that is completely the opposite of what the GCW brand is. Um, so I'm just saying all of them are fantastic and they should all be there. No, no problem. It's just, if you could, it would be cool to pick up the, like, like I have any say, but it would be cool personally to pick up the enthusiasm. So it would have that, um, that level of excitement that I think teenagers and young 20 somethings, you know, the demographic we need to really go after, that's what they want. They want something exciting. They're watching GCW for the fucking excitement. And they want to hear that commentary is just as excited. How I'm talking right now, every now and then, that needs to be what's going on. The enunciation, what's talking. I'm happy to be here. Guess what's going on tonight? Or, again, we can have a conversation like we're having now. Guess what's going on tonight? This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to be. These guys look great tonight. You can have that same conversation, and it's completely informational. But I really do feel for a brand that uh, gimmick, uh, it brands itself on excitement. We need that to echo in commentary. And again, that's me being picky because they're fantastic and I'm not a commentator. But I know what I like to hear personally. I'm not every person's voice. But if I was 17, I don't want to hear two 40, 50, 30 year olds talk. Uh, if they would, I just want to hear it enthusiastic. I'm just as damn happy to watch this show as you are. That's what I want to hear. Uh, yeah, I... I just being picky, I'm no, sorry. No, no, no. And I, and I don't want to harp on this too much because it seems like I've said it or we're saying it every time. And like, I know, oh, obviously... Oh, yes, that's no, true. No, we know, obviously, know something's going on, but I'm the same way. Like, I've... These last, ugh, I don't even know, five, six shows... I've kind of not paid attention to commentary at all because it doesn't feel the same. It doesn't have the same energy. It's not what I was watching and I was not getting the same enjoyment as I was when I first started watching it because of the level that KG brought, the excitement. And as I said, I've said many times before, the yeah. importance, even if it's a freaking body slam to the outside, he made it feel like it was a fucking important move that we need to pay attention and remember this move because it's going to come back to yeah. like the reason is going to happen later on in the end. As you said, the energy, the enthusiasm is not there, but I've kind of literally in my mind just kind of toned out the commentary. And especially if I'm watching something like not watching something else is doing something or listen to it. I've kind of turned commentary off after the ring announcements just so that way I can listen to my podcast instead. Cause it's as, yeah. as a fan on the commentary side, it just hasn't been as enjoyable, yeah. as enthusiastic, yeah. as energetic as what I was kind of me into GCW and kind of made me keep on watching these shows and listening to every single word. I hung on like every single word commentary said because they were a lot, there was a lot more history, a lot more enthusiasm, a lot more just got me into the show where now I'm kind of like this commentary is just commentary. It's just, it's just, they're just doing the match. And I guess you said it's, it, it, they 
Dave Prezak, MLJ, Veda Scott, like they're all super talented. It's just for me as a watching the GCW show, it's Correct. just not the same feeling. If like Veda, hey, when he's on West Coast Pro, fucking amazing. Yeah. When she's Impact yes, would be a fantastic place yep. to take Prezak and her no questions asked i would keep emil 100 only because he is pure gcw he he bleeds gcw anywhere outside of that i don't know if he'd fit in as well he'd do great yeah but he would not bleed uh you know uh, unsanctioned pro he would not bleed some of these smaller companies as much yeah like yeah i don't yeah. want to knock on the commentaries just, i just want more enthusiasm that's all yeah i want to be happy to be there and it just to me, it's not the same. Like I said, they're talented. I, I when I'm watching GCW, I need a certain level. Like I have it in my mind, even in yeah. person, even with the ring announcing. Like as we go into this next match, they switch the ring announcer. It's not MLJ. It's I'm going to assume it's somebody that's that does uh, whatever local, promotions, yeah, yeah, out there. And it's just sometimes it is really the same. Or hey, that's a good replacement. Other times it's like this is not the voice, the energy level that I want being a GCW fan. It's not what I fell in love with watching and hearing as a GCW fan yeah. and how it was two months yeah. ago. So it, I, I don't like to harp on it, but there like, it is, it's, it, it's a difference where, like I said, I don't listen to commentary sometimes now well, because then, it's just not, it, I'm not, I don't think I'm getting the same energy, the information, like the importance of what I'm watching. It's just, we're just doing normal commentary, which is very good on other TV, other wrestling programs. For me, it's not what I want from GCW. I want the, I want KG. I hear him falling out of his chair when Speedball and Blake Christian go off for 30 seconds of craziness and KG in the back. Oh my God. Like I, that's the shit I love. I don't like, I don't know. I'm just, it's not the same. I think the only thing that we really need an adjustment to spice it up immediately would be letting Emil get comfortable, let loose, and be the excitement for us because that motherfucker loves wrestling. Especially and the lucha matches, he kills it. Yeah, and if there's going to be anybody that's going to appreciate and show enthusiasm at the wrestling show, he will. Like even so there we go. That's even on this, sir, is let Emil just let Emil just spread the fucking wings because in the next year he is going to be a fucking bigger monster than what he is right now he's he's fantastic i know he knows it but other people need to know it too yeah i love hearing emil when he does the lucha stuff especially because he brings a lot of background history and knowledge with that stuff i love hearing nick gage doing the deathmatch commentary stuff the energy it's like oh like he's like fuck him up that's what we're in a deathmatch to fuck each other up like, that's the energy i want and um oh my god i was going to go somewhere i totally forgot. it just um oh, that east coast street fight feel yeah um it's just the the different energy styles and everything like um i don't know i forgot my original i skipped my original point went to the second one but uh, it, it's just <laughs> it's just not the same and it, it is what it is it's I, I just hope something could get done or like gets me more invested than what I kind of have been. Cause it's like I said, it's not, not a knock on them. It's just not the same to me. And, and it could be good for other people. That's fine. That's, that's what they got to do. They got to do what they got to do to appease all the fans, not just the one, five, 10%. They got to try to get everybody. So, yeah. um, I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's fine. So the reason why I brought up the commentary thing, I put it in my notes early. But I had found this about halfway to three quarters of the way through. I'm also listening to this at one or two in the morning sometimes. So since there was a little less excitement oh. in the aspect of blood or in the aspect of weapons, there were still some weapons, but there, there weren't as many. That kind of lets us rely more on wrestling, which makes the show, when you're watching it, a touch less exciting. 
when it comes to, you know, do you want to see a hold or do you want to see a baseball bat get swung? This is common sense and it's perfectly normal. Now, I will state this maybe one time. I think I've maybe stated it one time before, but we we have new listeners. So cool. And thank you. (laughs) Uh, Ohio is one of those states that has a no blood policy. No, I think most fans know that in Ohio, but yeah. So what that does is that changes the the GCW show. Yeah, see, like I like New York, like New York's the same way. Like, not no yeah. blood in New York, but all that stuff where I now go now going into New York shows, I know what to expect and what not to expect. You just yeah. telling me that stuff about this Ohio show makes a fucking thousand complete sense sense now, and now yeah. explains kind of how my feeling was watching the show. And that's I wish I would have known that before, because then I would have known what to expect for the show. So expect. that's cool. That's awesome. So, I mean, I, I want people to know that ahead of time, and I don't want anybody to be deterred. But that is a good chunk of the magic that is GCW. And I want anyone to know that if they're going to see a show in, say, Missouri or Ohio, they're going to see more of a straight-laced show than they would other places. This is why you'll see GCW across the river. It's still St. Louis, but it's just not not across the river, I'm sorry, but just across state lines. They do that because that gives them the option to use blood. And um, yeah, it's just a little bit more of a GCW style. And dude, there's some crazy shit in Missouri. They have all kinds of tax type things where wrestlers have to pay a certain amount. There's some archaic style um, physical that these wrestlers have to take. It's almost extortion. And Effie talks about this on one of his podcasts. So if anybody has a chance, Check out it. There's a couple places like that too. I've heard huge pain in the ass. Yeah, they basically, they basically, they being the independent, they just almost don't. It's not worth the headache. Yeah. No, no. If you're in St. Louis, you're going across state lines. You really are because you're not seeing. I mean, perfectly fine if you want to see AEW, but if you want to see an independent show or GCW show, yeah, go across state lines in some of those two. And and again, the fans in those states know it. Yeah, see, I would have wish I would have known it too. I remember my statement now. This is my last comment on the commentary. So, but this is this is kind of like proves my point with the energy levels and stuff. I go back to Los Macisos during the settlement series. I forgot which one it was. I think it was number two or three where they were on commentary for yes. one of their matches. I didn't understand a fucking single word they said. I was. I go back to I, we talked about it on the podcast. I loved it. I loved the commentary, the love the energy. I loved what what they were doing because the energy level was up. Where I had no idea what they were saying, but I was enjoying the shit out of it because it just the energy level seemed like they were having fun. The like seemed like they were talking about the wrestling, so I started focusing more on the wrestling. But I don't know what they were saying, but their energy level made it seem like what was going on, and it matched the pacing of the match. It matched the pacing of the show. It made that show feel way more like that match and that card feel more important. Where I don't even need to understand what you're saying. Just the energy nope. level made me made it entertaining. Like I I forgot what podcast it was or what settlement series it was, but I remember talking about how much I loved that match and I loved the commentary but I had no idea what was said. So that just kind of goes back to the whole energy stuff like that and commentary. Um, I, I just remembered my thing. Now I just wanted to say it. <laughs> no, no, no. And I'm going to bring us back just for fun here. This opener was a real wrestling match. There were no gimmicks. Again, no blood, no weapons. This was a pure opener. Alec Price came out and put on a nine minute banger of a match. This was not your average opener this was not your average fast pace this was slowed down 20 percent 
and the intelligence level of the fan that has to watch this goes up quite a bit because this is a real match not just assholes swinging it. I don't want to say assholes swinging at each other, but honestly, this isn't just two people who don't know how to wrestle swinging on each other. This is two people who understand joint manipulation. They understand how to take a bump. They understand punches. And it was fantastic to watch. Uh, yeah, man, more Kento just because he was so damn solid. One or two more times of him would not hurt. Yeah, I felt like the opener of the night before, Jordan and Chio. Nothing crazy, nothing, not the typical GCW. Holy shit, we're starting off with fireworks and craziness. It's like, hey, here's our first match. This Solid. is kind of what's going to happen. We're going to ease into it, but here's kind of what to expect. And it was fine. Like you said, it's nice, solid match. Um, I do want to see Kento come back. It was a nice, fun 50-50 match with Alec Price. And I kind of like Alec Price getting those kind of uh, showcase matches because like as that's kind of like I want to see Cole kind of have more showcase matches or all these people that we normally see in the scramble I enjoy seeing them like absolutely kill it in the scramble and then earn their spot of hey next night here's a kind of a bigger name a nice one-on-one -on -one match go do your shit with just you guys as the spotlight so I do like when they uh, give the wrestlers like Alec Price um, Jordan Axon Ray these kind of uh, little rewards of killing it in for scramble matches i do like seeing the spotlight matches and that will i don't think we said the winner or not but uh we will go into the finish as alec price does pick up the victory over kento as he hit him with a nice little surprise kick and not, totally different ending than we kind of normally see from alec price so i do like them kind of switching up uh making unexpected finishes happen as well and that will lead us into our second match of the evening as commander goes one on one with shane mercer and i just wanted to see how far commander would be tossed in during this match or how high he could jump <laughs> where shane mercer could still catch him and luckily on my end i got to see kind of both of those things so <laughs> this match was yeah. fun uh, this was one of these perfect matches for shane mercer and commander him like to show off how fucking crazy and good Shane Mercer is. And they said last episode, he's been killing it. And I would kind of like to see him kind of get more of these spotlight showcase matches and kind of get further up on the card and maybe start wrestling for the titles, some sort of title somehow, some way, because I, I can see him and KTB being inserted into this SGC, Los Macisos, crazy tag team division craziness i think they would just slot right in and fit well and add a different dy dynamic to the tag division so um anytime i can see mercer i'm happy and this yeah. what match yeah. was one of them what was your thoughts on this match so the one thing okay this is me being picky again this match commander and mercer looked like they were not used to working with each other it lacked a smooth flow in some areas again it's being picky because i was looking at handwork and various other small things but I see where both men could absolutely work well together if they had the chance to, to know each other and get a little more custom. Commander is so damn agile and he's just so fast and he's absolutely the prototype of what kind of a wrestler Mercer needs to do Mercer's moves. Yep. Um, halfway through, they both fought on the stage in the ballroom. It was cool to see all the rugs and the stage. Anytime the camera moves away from the stage, I'm a big fan of seeing the venue. I know you're the same way, B. You, you love seeing the venue. Yes. And for me, it feels like I'm there. It gives me a visual in my head of what the place looks like. So I love seeing the ramp. I love seeing, you know, the side of the building. I love seeing them fight everywhere. I like seeing the bar in the back. I like seeing this neon restroom shitter. <laughs> yes, I, I love that. that. 
Yeah, man, I love that stuff. And it makes me feel like I'm there. It gives me a 3D visual of what I'm looking at and what I'm invested in. So no kidding. That's just a personal opinion. I love when it goes outside of the ring and we get to see what they paid good money to be at, which is that freaking awesome venue. Yeah, and some of these venues are really, really cool. Like when I now watch shows like that, when I don't go to LA shows and I watch them at the UCC center and like some of these visuals and like the camera angles and stuff where I'm like yeah, watching it. Yeah. It's like some of them, like just in like that instant, I'm like, damn, I wish I was there. I kind of miss it. Like when I got, uh-huh. when me and my wife walked in this last one, uh, we'll talk about it on the next episode. But uh, when we got, walked in to hit him up, I was like, oh, it kind of feels nice to be back in here. I kind of missed being here for a while. So some of these venues are very homely. We're like, even the one out here in Vegas, when they did before they went to the Golden Nugget this last time, um, their last two that they did before the, the, the Golden Nugget, I forgot the place it was at, but it was just like a plain old like conference room where it was just white walls in the ring, but like you got to see like the outside, which was kind of cool, but that was it. Like it was just a plain old white venue. It was like on screen, it looked fucking atrocious. And even being there was like, kind of felt like this is being forced into a conference hall where I like seeing some of these very cool looking venues as this one. But I kind of also now being a little bit more pickier too on the venues where like that one in Detroit that they go to, that kind of looks like the, not the hard post, but the one that looks like the church one where Hoodfoot got hurt in. Oh yeah, like that venue. Like I like don't want to see that venue no more. Yeah. Well, Booton has the lot. That has the elk, man. You got the, the, the elk is what draws the fans into Booton. That's why Booton is the new That's wrestling true. capital of the world. But now, as you said, though, is, I kind of don't like seeing like the plain venues. Is is Detroit the one you're talking about? The one that has all the wood paneling? Yes, that looks like a church. Like looks like a Catholic Dude. church or something like that. I don't yeah, like, like that one. Like a church that hasn't been updated in forty. Yes. Kind of thing. Or like I think um, the first time they did it, it looked like a bank to me. I was like, oh, are they like in the middle of a bank at first? Because it looked like there was like windows and stalls in yeah. the background. Like, yeah, I don't like that venue. I I get it. It's probably cheap. And usually when they run Detroit in that venue, it's like on a Thursday or Wednesday night. It's the middle of the week show. So I absolutely absolutely understand why they would do that because it's probably a lot cheaper and for a middle of the week show yeah. it's not going to be an a, a absolute banger of a card but when it goes to Harpo's, it does feel like a different uh detroit show and then the one you were talking about earlier it gives me that pwg feel i think it's because that lighted area yeah. up top yeah it has that pwg feel to me so i, I watched so much pwg back in the day kind of yeah <laughs> yeah um some of these do venues are feel very nostalgic and that's what i kind of enjoy and love seeing that stuff Man, if a GCW video game was ever created, it could be one of the most enjoyable and creative. Th- I mean, just the backyard. Oh you've my got God! Yeah, Bonson, you've got the carousel room. You've got the pier. Oh yeah, the outside the pier. Yeah, man. There's so many cool. I didn't. I'm actually surprised. I knew that many venues. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, I think it would be fantastic to see a video game like that. But um, hopefully that's the next year. Video game like commander commander is totally (laughs) video game like he keeps finding creative ways to execute offense there's always something new in a commander match now i will say this too i've become somewhat numb to him walking the ropes i'm not gonna lie everybody talks about if you do the same thing over and over if you see the same thing over and over i never wanted to say anything negative i'm noticing that if you watch enough of some of these people and you see enough of what they do you can become numb to that because i watched commander do quite a few things and this was the middle of the night and when i first saw it i was like oh my god and now when i watch it i'm like 
damn, that's pretty badass. I don't, I don't have the same pop. Yeah, I kind of um, like how he switches yeah. it up though, because like yeah, I just I yeah. like some like what he did at the UCC against Tony Deppin, where he ran all the way across, and Tony Deppin's oh, like, yeah, yeah, I'm too smart for you. I'm going the opposite way that you're running, where Commander has to stop on a dime. And then backtracks and does it like I he does to me he's switching it up where it does feel like it something is a little yep. different every single time but I kind of now watch when he jumps off and had the height I want to say like okay how high is he gonna get and like how far are they gonna wait to catch him where he before like Ringo Loco catches him right at the last possible second where it looks like Commander's gonna slam on the ground but then he catches him and does the Hurricane Rana which always looks so amazing but like Commander's head's like two inches off the ground. But and now he's like I kind of like how he's doing the the walking on the ropes and then turning that into like a backflip or a, uh, a swanton inside the rink. He's to me I think he's switching it up. Yeah, the four fifty one's even more impressive. Yeah, so I for me I kind of like how he does switch it up so that way I don't get that kind of feeling where okay I've seen it that a couple times yeah, and yeah. it's still cool but doesn't as you said the pop isn't good where I think him switching it up for me is keeping it more of a uh, entertaining kind of spot and still adapting and creating getting more creative with his moveset. And same thing with Shane Mercer, though. He kind of kind of has the same thing where he tosses the wrestlers around all these different ways, but he's switching it up where it's not just the same tosses and throws that he normally does. Yeah, yeah. There's always something different, and it always, it always looks brutal. And yeah, so I feel bad, but yeah, I noticed this with Commander. I don't mean it in a bad way. I'm talking overall. I'm noticing that you... I'm just now noticing you actually can get numb to mm -hmm. some things. And that is a plague in the industry with some things, uh, you know. Um, but the ch the chance for Commander, the the crowd chance were just off the hook. I was right there with him, right there with him, dude. He is a fantastic GCW pickup. Just and the more we see him, the better. I'd like to see him versus ASF. Yes, yeah. Like I'm watching the kind of match right now on the side, and I've seen him right now just do three different rope walks, and it, three different results have happened where. It's yeah. it's just yeah. switching it up and like even we'll go to the ending right here as uh Shane Mercer was gonna get him on the Moonsong battery. He kind of snuck his way out of it, and then he goes to the other side of the ring, gets on the second rope, then he jumps on the first and walks all the way over. But Shane Mercer still catches him, still hits the Moonsong battery, but then Commander used the momentum and rolled over onto Shane Mercer and rolled through the Moonsong battery and picked up a surprise victory and gets the three count on Shane Mercer. And I thought that was a super cool ending. I, I love that ending. Oh, I'm with you there. I like that kind of a quick roll-up ending on a guy who's bigger because it shows that he was outsmarted. Yeah. He had that strength. He had all that that he could have worked with, and he brought the giant down. And yeah, and he, I like seeing the big guy come down in a quick roll-up or something like that where that little guy who barely had that chance outsmarted him. Yeah, I, this this match was fun. I loved it, and I, I want to see both competitors kind of either run it back and keep doing some more shit. Cause anytime yeah. Shane Mercer gets like one of these small luchadors, I want to see them get tossed all over the place. And, but I Rag love doll. seeing commander, as you said, to kind of outsmart him and use the, use the different technique and r rolled up a uh, Mercer and using his own momentum. I loved everything. I want to see Mercer kind of start getting some bigger and better matches as well. Cause I think he is a uh, kind of criminally underrated on the GCW roster. Like the dude. And here's another one. Like I said, with him and Blake Christian, both country boys, I think they'd really work well to get, you know, great together. They have the redhead connection kind of thing. Yeah. Um, with this match, I could have watched more if they were given time to know each other as performers outside of the ring. I think if they had 
match number five. And and you could say this about anybody, but I really do believe for some reason I was so entertained by these two together. The combination of strength, brutality, high flying, agility, it was all there. Commander is the perfect opponent, I feel, for someone like Mercer, because Mercer commands somebody like that. And huh, commands. <laughs> um but I <laughs> Commander, uh, yeah, you already did the winner. The only thing I wanted to mention was just for the local announcer. He was yelling like loudly into the mic. It was distorting it. He has a decent pitch and cadence. It's obvious he worked on his voice and delivery, and it sounds really good. I just want to say that towards the end of his de delivery, he gets so loud, it, it kind of distorts and cracks the mic. Dial that back a little bit, because everything else, personally, just as a fan and someone who knows just a little bit about it, it was fantastic. And see, here's what kind of hate to do this kind of go back to not the whole commentary stuff, but I could at least appreciate he knew that he had to bring a different energy than he normally does because yeah. he's on a yeah. GCW show where I can appreciate the effort of trying to provide that extra bit of energy to kind of fulfill the expectations of us GCW fans of having a not normal announcer in there. So that way we don't kind of do what we did or do to the commentary where it's like, hey, they kind of don't belong. but. It's it's forced. It's not a natural thing. Like like just hearing some of the the not not KG, not MLJ, but them trying to someone else trying to match that energy. You could just tell it's forced and it d comes off not the same. And as you said, you're thankful for Emil because it's like it's he doesn't force it. He's like it's this him being naturally excited for the next match and him in the ring singing Kazi Ninare because he just is so excited to see Suzuki where it's natural energy that he brings to the GCW. It's not forced. And I just think that we we I can notice a difference between all this shit. And that's kind of like what I wouldn't say sort of like I appreciate him trying to bring the energy, but it's just not the same. I'll say this too because I've been guilty of it and someone told me this and I think it's very helpful. Be confident without looking cocky. You can even be cocky. Just be confident without looking cocky. I see it in the ring. Best advice ever. Also, also, I'm from Ohio. Much love to all of these guys. They kicked ass tonight. Unsanctioned Pro looked really good at, uh, in the show. Yeah, and we'll cover what they did with SGC later on in the night. And that I, I do like, like I said, it's not, whenever I say like, it's just, it's just a different feel on the commentary, on the commentary, commentating, <laughs> in-ring. It's just, uh, it's just yeah. different. That's all it is. It's yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't want to come off negative because like I said, they're, they are super talented. They are good. It's just, it just doesn't fit in with what I expect from GCW. That's all. And I think it's just like, that's, it just takes it away from me because that's not what got me into GCW as much as I am now off of this same energy that I'm getting now is what I did back then when I first got into it. So that's, it just, that's all it is. I do believe there was a concerted effort to be a little more muted and be a little more uh, professional. Yeah, I do. I do have a feeling that's what's going on and I have no problem with that. Just maybe let Emil be a little more enthusiastic. Yeah. Okay. That's all I, that's all <laughs> I can say. Cause I've just realized that you're right over the past few shows. I really have gotten on it. Honestly, it's just been a little kicking and screaming because, you know, I changed teachers. It's now that. Yeah, it's year, not what so. we got. it. It's not what we fell in love with. It's not the same energy that right, we right, got right. us into it, which is so not saying it's a bad job. Level. Yeah, we're at the acceptance level and we're just now making uh, the most of it to see what goes forward. And I think that the professional level, the professionalism did go up because this broadcast team is more TV ready. However, 
GCW wasn't necessarily made to be TV ready. And the reason why there is a draw to GCW is the fact that we are not TV. We are the last outlaws. We're, we're the fucking anti. Fuck you, Jeff Jarrett. We are the last outlaws. Fuck you, Colin. You Sorry about that. <clears throat> Going no, on. So, yeah, <laughs> okay. That's what I wanted to say about that. We, we covered our winner on this one. Yes. So. Yeah. That will lead us into our third match of the evening. And it is a tag team match, which should have been for the GCW tag team titles. But the damn Mega Bastards had to choke the night prior and lose the belts. So ended up being a non-tag team title match as Nick Wayne and Jordan Oliver go against the Mega Bastards of Alex Colon and John Wayne Murdoch. I was excited. I thought maybe this would be one of the ones that... I was excited because the Nick Wayne and Jordan finally got a tag team title match. That's what I was number one excited for. I'm like, finally. I believe it's their first one. I don't think they've actually had a tag title match yet, but I thought this was supposed to be the first one. Unfortunately, the night prior, Mega Bastards lost it to... Oh, shit. I forgot who they lost it to already. Um, SGC... Uh, yeah, they lost Macizo. it. Yeah, Los Macisos. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's <laughs> well, see. Now I'm hoping that Nick Wayne and Jordan get a rematch against Los Macisos this time for the tag team titles. But I do like how at the beginning of this match, Jordan flat out, like, I wish they would have gave him a mic for this promo. Like, I it was a quick little, like, like kind of exactly what I said. It's like, hey, this should have been for the tag team titles, but you guys fucked it up for us. So now we're going to take our energy and anger out on you guys because you guys suck and you guys lost this shit. Like, I loved that energy from jordan it was like more intense and you could tell like he really wanted to have a title match kind of like how i like feel right now it's like yeah you assholes but i love that <laughs> promo from him and that's it i want to see that kind of energy more from jordan kind of like hey when shit's kind of going his way and kind of or not going his way of steps uh speaking out for himself and kind of calling out the bullshit that's going on because like i was pretty cool i loved how his intensity about like i don't care what you guys you guys aren't death magic you guys aren't scary no more you lost the belt you guys aren't good i'm not scared of you guys you guys don't do not scare us for this match and i thought that was a very good way to kind of start the match off and kind of how they go back to that at the end which I thought was awesome, but very, very entertaining match. This one was so Oliver and Wayne came out fast, high-fiving all the fans, good energy, old school, me, very <laughs> rock and roll express. It was, they come out on fire. That's exactly what the rock and roll did. The freaking the fringes fly in, the high fives are flying. Smiles are everywhere. That literally is there. I wonder if they studied any rock and roll express i'm not lying oh they had to have if i get those vibes there must be a reason well especially um, with ricky morton being wrestling for yeah. gcw quite often i'm pretty sure jordan and nick have talked to them and they probably do have a giant influence on their tag team and i'm just wondering if there was any time where he wrestled his granddad you know? oh yeah so maybe. maybe he wrestled moondog because again Ricky was everywhere, man. You you know, he was everywhere. So there's a good possibility because the Northwest is a hell of a territory too. It's not like it's just, you know, I don't know, New Mexico where it's out in the middle of no, no, it's still out in the middle of nowhere up there, but there's a great following up in the Northwest, especially around that time. The, uh, the mega bastards come out and Cologne had a door with it. So I loved seeing that. Okay. So two minutes in and the fight went to the outside split screen was in use. There were uh, there was a spot where Cologne sends Wayne through a door really early in the match, uh, injures Nick's shoulder further than what it already was injured, and the refs ended up carrying out Wayne. Well, of course, being the storyline that it was, 
John Wayne Murdoch comes over and attacks him. This started a whole problem with Nick. The chairs are out now. Nick gets put through one head first. I'm noticing that Cologne is extremely comfortable. I've I've just now realized it. It shows. And again, I hope Cologne does his thing, takes a little time off, and comes back strong because Cologne is in the respect phase of his career. It doesn't matter where he goes. He's always going to be three-peat. He earned it. So, um, yeah, I just noticed in this match, man, he was just so comfortable. He was having a good time. He was a little lighthearted, and uh, it looked good. I like, I like him. I loved it all, and I loved that kind of, like, even though this isn't long-term storytelling or whatever, but I loved the storytelling for this match where you kind of see, like, alone come out and John Wayne Murdoch come out and be like, they think they're, like, they came out very arrogant in this match. Like, hey, like, well, you guys are just the kids. We're the deathmatch wrestlers. We're the yes. real men. You guys can't handle us. Like, they came out super cocky, and I just loved Jordan and Nick. Was like, no, fuck you guys. You guys aren't, like, totally, like, Stepping up to Cologne and John Wayne Murdoch, and then I loved how they kind of played it off. It's like, whoa, maybe we're not as good as we think we are. Maybe we're not as intimidating. Like, maybe shit, maybe we are losing our touch as a tag team. We just lost the belts the night before. We still think we're tough shit, but these kids, like, we've lost the aura around us where we think we're invincible. Where no, like these. I'm saying kids, but like these young pillars, these kids are coming after us and they're not scared of us no more. Like, yeah, shit, yeah. we're kind of maybe we are on the outs and kind of stuff. I loved all that stuff. It was fantastic storytelling with that. To me, that's what I loved where Cologne did feel super comfortable, but looked like he was too comfortable with, hey, like I'm still the three P. Like, I still have a little got a lot of say in this business. I should have a lot of respect. And Jordan's like, nope, you lost it all last night when you lost the belts. And we're, we're coming for your stuff right now. And I, I just yeah. loved how it played into it so <laughs> wayne was getting the shit kicked out of him through a good bit of this match uncle chase's cane came out for an <laughs> appearance and uh cologne made wayne eat it pretty damn hard i was really enjoying all the new signature moves that the boys are putting together they're obviously working hard on who and what they are again i almost wish that i didn't know nick wayne was eventually going into developmental because for me i feel this is a future tag team 10, 15, 20 years down the road if they choose to. And I'm 100% fine with them doing singles too. I'm, I'm just so thankful to see them together that it's just so damn entertaining. The match really did go both ways the whole time. It wasn't just heavy Mega Bastards or heavy, you know, Oliver and Wayne. I was noticing though that Jordan and Wayne was taking a good beating. This was like being, uh, being beaten into a gang. No shit, that's the way I kind of yeah. look at it sometimes is this is them earning their stripes on the field. This uh, this whole thing really boosted the stock of Oliver and Wayne, and um, this also moved along the storyline a little bit with uh, the Mega Bastards. Yeah, and I loved like I I loved this whole match. Like it was it was really good, and um, I think it was great for uh, Oliver and Nick Wayne to kind of get a little bit more extreme with some of these doors and chairs and stuff like that because. As we saw when they went against, the, and see, this could be some storytelling too, which I I think would be fucking awesome because I got like a giant smile on my face just thinking about it. It's just like when Jordan and Nick last time went against Los Macisos, it was not for the tag titles or anything, but it was more very like tag normal tag team matches with the tags and everything with no weapons. Then you see Los Macisos like, all right, fuck it, we can't keep up with these guys no more doing it their way. We got to do it our way. And then the end of the match, they brought out the weapons. Nick and Jordan not used to it, not ready for it. That's how they end up losing. Where I think now 
with Jordan and Nick supposed to be getting the next tag belt, da -da, the next tag team title match uh, against the Mega Bastards, but they lost it. So this with the Mega Bastards and all the, the weapons that they use, you can kind of see them. Hey, now we're getting a little bit more comfortable with the weapons. We kind of know what to do. So that way, the next time we see Los Macisos, we can handle you and we're ready for what you're going to bring to us. And they kind of elevate their game and kind of modify where, hey, when we, if we need to get violent, we now know that what to expect with you guys and we will get we will get that violent because we just proved we did it with the two of the most ultra violent guys in the company so i love i just love the whole storytelling that was done during this match and i hope it kind of leads into the los macisos nick and jordan match if that is coming up soon in the future which i really hope it is because i mean technically they're supposed to be next in line for the tag title so we'll see what happens but i just loved I just loved it because Alex Clone in the middle too is like, all right, you know what? Fuck this shit. I am going to show you guys why I am the three P. <laughs> like, I'm tired of you guys disrespecting me. And you could kind of see it in his face. Like, he kicked it into another gear where he's like, I'm going to show you guys why you need to be scared of us. And I, I loved this. This match was awesome. So a 17 minute match. Winners ended up being Oliver and Wayne. They pulled off this fantastic double clout cutter on Cologne that I think is going to stay. Yeah, I think it's an awesome move. I hope it stays. I like so, how they do too, the the clout yeah. the clout cutter. Jordan with the clout cutter into Nick Wayne hitting the swan sound. Like I like they have a lot of different oh, yeah. signature slash finishing moves that they could use. As you said, their moveset seems to keep on evolving. So I really liked how they could finish a match either with the yeah. double clout cutter, with each hitting their own signature moves and stuff like that. I like the versatility of their moveset. It's like a Hardy Boys style. Yes. Where, yeah, they they do those tag team moves together. It's old fashioned, but it works. I, I, okay, so Nick, Nick kind of walked out saying that he wants those tag titles. That was pretty much the last thing he said on TV before they went through the curtain after that match. I do think that we're going to see them as future tag team champs at some time. I think what they're doing right now is they're getting through the feeling out process of each team so that when it comes time for them to work together in a capacity where Oliver and Wayne are the champions, they're able to work comfortably with each other and hopefully put over these young kids as uh, strong talents from there forward. But yeah, we have that Cologne Murdoch feud heating up. Both men disagreeing with each other, one walking off. We already know where this is going. Those two will fight storyline wise. They fucking hate each other in my head. You know, shoot. I think they're really good friends or oh, yeah. they get along enough to really work together. They seem so damn they both seem really nice. No lie. How are you going to have rabbits and take care of, you know, have a family <laughs> and a kid? And, you know, um, I'm a big fan of Murdoch and um, Cologne. He's an Ohio boy right now. But yeah, man, I, I was really happy with this match. 17 minutes, damn near 20 minutes, man. Yeah. And like we always well, say, we want these storytellers. We want these storytellers. I think that's why I love this matchup yeah, so much yeah. because as kind of like yesterday the the match that happened the night before where now kind of sgc or uh, yeah sgc and mosisos could kind of now continue their own thing with the tag titles hopefully nick and jordan are in line i think storyline they absolutely should be and the, the reasoning they absolutely should be the next in line no matter what and I loved how the night prior where they kind of started the dissension between Alex Cologne and John Wayne Murdoch, and this is kind of leading up to it. But we always say storyline, storyline. Here's a year long storytelling what they've done with Alex Cologne and John Wayne Murdoch, where like since the end of last year, like how the new year started off was John Wayne Murdoch Cologne, where they've kind of hated each other, respected each other. 
They're now teaming together. So now breaking off. And then now I know what, I don't know what was said. I didn't, I was going to ask you, I don't know if we were, we want to talk about this or spoil it because kind of good. Did you listen to anything of Alex Cologne yesterday on his little Facebook stuff? Like oh, with the, not. okay. So I didn't either. So I missed out on it and I can't even really find what he said, but uh, I think what I heard a couple people say was he kind of announced uh, he's going to be, re- be retiring next year. And uh, what I was kind of saying on the last podcast, where I think this would be kind of cool storytelling where Alex Cologne got the beat on John Wayne Murdoch. And then now they're teaming together and then now they're fighting against each other. Now for the whole year long storytelling, you can bring it all back together where John Wayne Murdoch puts Alex Cologne out of wrestling gets him retired and now he kind of elevates him status his status as now the new king of the death match or whatever he wants to call himself and um i just think that's cool storytelling we always talk about storytelling like i think that's very cool way of possibly ending off alex cologne's career with john wayne murdoch being the one ended it just because how much hatred they had at the beginning of this year i hate endings i really hope he gets the bug he, you know, he's going to probably get the WWE, you know, he's going to get the, I almost said WWE, eh. he's going to get the retirement bug. He's going to come back. He's going to be like, oh, I need that. I want that payday. Yeah. Cause I know whatever. he said he was going to take a break. So I thought maybe he would take a break and then whenever he felt healthy or whatever, then come back. But now it seems like that break got pushed further and further back where he's like, you know what? I'm just going to finish this, finish this year. Then. I'll take my break then and just retire. I'll just finish out strong instead of instead of further along the process. Maybe he does feel like, but I don't know. He he seems way more into it now. This like these last few shows than he did earlier this year. Where when he was talking about this taking a break, I could kind of see it's like yeah, you need the break. You could kind of see that Drop it was on the body. It was drained out of him and the politically stuff. Hearing him on the podcast, hearing him kind of just be done with all that stuff where he needed a break yeah, where. Yeah. But it seems like, like I said, he's on ever since that match with Rena, where he he lost the belt to Rena. It seemed like that reinvigorated him. Where hey, he didn't need to take the break now, but hopefully he does come back. I agree, and I, and I could be wrong. Maybe what I read was not true. I'm not saying it's true. I just saw like I only saw two people that I know kind of follow the deathmatch scene in Alex's career more where they might've been in that face like Facebook live group when they heard it where I didn't hear any news. And from what I tried to search up on it, I didn't really see any news on it either. Other than what I saw these two people tweet where Alex clone said he's going to retire next year. So I could be completely wrong on that. I don't want to like, give a hundred percent validation to it, but that's just kind of what I read, which kind of makes sense with everything that's happening now between these matches and the results too. We could kind of see it playing it out in front of us as well. Okay. So here's a good question for you. Do you think Nick Wayne and Jordan Oliver need a manager? No. No. Do you think they would benefit from having one in any way though? Yes. I want to say yes, but the right the right manager could could do the speaking for them and and I think it would be beneficial. And that's where I was going to go with it. I would say yes because we haven't heard them speak, but then it's also we haven't really heard them speak so we don't know if they can or can't. Like I've heard Jordan, uh, like I said, I wish Jordan right, was right. had the mic for this promo that he cut on Alex Cologne before the match started because I think that would have been. We don't really hear much promos other than Blake, Joey, and the same the same people. I, that's where I kind of always been saying I wish more people could talk so that way we could know of hey, does Jordan may might need someone to talk better for him? Does Nick need someone that could talk for him? We don't know because we don't see much of it. So I don't know. Like I'm all I'm all for managers. I think managers absolutely have a place in wrestling. I wish there was a lot more, kind of how it was back in the day, because I just oh. think they add a lot more to matches. Huh? 
More managers. I, I like that idea. Right? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just think there is a place for them when done right. And like there could be a lot of room for a lot more that doesn't feel like it's forced. Where sometimes like a manager say, just say manager because they're out there. And like I don't understand what yeah, they bring yeah. to it. Where the, like I think there's really good managers out there that need to be featured a lot more. I'm a big fan of older wrestlers doing it. Really. I'd love to see out here locally. D'Lo, Brown, take up lights camera faction or one of these groups yeah just come out there and legitimize them by having that hall of fame guy out there he doesn't have to come all the time he just has to show up every now and then so yeah i'm a big fan of that plus these older wrestlers can critique critique these younger wrestlers and see this is where i kind of here's my storytelling of what i come up creative i come up with creative storytelling for myself i say creative i just call it creative but yeah yeah i would like to see nick gage if if Jordan and Nick Wayne are going against Los Macisos for the tag belts. I would like to see a little vignettes of them in the gym because they all work to get work out together in the gym. Yeah. Where of hey, Nick now kind of gets a little extreme and like hey, teaches teaches Nick Wayne how to throw a light tube so that way they can teaches yeah. them how to get more violent to win against Los Macisos and kind of like kind of like a little Rocky montage, but of death match, how to get a death match ready montage for Jordan, Nick Wayne, and Nick Gage being in their corner and kind of coach them through that kind of match because that would make sense to me as they all train together and Nick Wayne being the king of the death match helping them get more violent against Los Macisos which could always get violent and winning the tag belt I think that would be kind of cool and it gets a little bump of the Nick Gage love for the young pillars here as a tag team I think that would always that would be beneficial to I think everybody and kind of like a good way of callback of hey Jordan you helped me get in shape for my uh for my title victory now it's my turn to return the favor and help you get ready to win the tag titles i think it'd be kind of cool seeing well said i don't have anything i think you really covered that well man well said that's just my booking in my own head that's why i get crazy <laughs> all right match number four of the evening another another uh match i was kind of looking forward to to kind of see them both step up is ali catch going against billy starks and yeah i this was one of these matches i think they both kind of needed and I enjoyed this match. This was fun. I, this was one of those matches for Billy to step up and show that she could hang. Not that she needs to keep on proving herself, but this is another match to prove herself against the biggest woman in the company, Ali Catch. And Ali Catch of kind of showing, as we kind of have talked about, hey, like the in ring's kind of gone down a little bit, or she's been on a losing streak or whatnot. This is kind of her chance to prove herself. Like, no, I'm still the top lady in GCW. Billy, you're not you're not there yet. This is still my house kind of thing. And I really liked how that kind of played into this match of to the future and kind of the, the current of GCW women roster. And this was a fun match. So there was really no high flying in this one. Of course, no blood, really no weapons. This was a boots on the ground classic wrestling match. I like how Allie has always been rough on Billy, but in a good way, because again, same thing. It shows how tough Billy is, and Billy can take an ass beating now with her young age, so she might as well take it and run her body hard while she can still repair <laughs> overnight. Billy chants everywhere. I, if I didn't know what was coming up, I was honestly going to ask you last episode, where has she been? But I also know school has been there and whatnot. But yeah, Allie was aggressive. Billy was more agile and quick. Both were booked really strong. You're right. I 100% agree with you. They really did need this match. Allie, outside of Bussy, just hasn't been herself 
I, I, I don't have a better way to say it. She just hasn't been herself on the singles level. And this match here was definitely a step up. That's what I have to say. Yeah, I, I, I said this was, a, this was a good match to kind of both prove a point while also um, telling a great story in the ring. And I think they both yeah. nailed it where Ali Catch like, hey, this is still my house. I need to defend it. And Billy's like, no, I'm coming for what you seem to be losing track of. And I will show that I am now the new face of the women's division. And I could... I'm ready for it, and I I just loved uh, I loved how the pacing of this match was. It's like kind of like the, all these first four matches, the the way it was booked. I don't want to say produced because that's what WWE uses, but like how how they put these matches together was so beneficial to everyone involved in every one of these matches. It wasn't like hey, this is matches is for you, and I'm just here to kind of help you get over. It was both ways where they yeah. both yeah they both definitely proved something that came out in the positive with all these matches and um i think they these two really needed this kind of match for both of them because both of them because i don't know i I just think as we said with alley catch there's something there's just been something off and billy starks there's like we haven't really seen her the last couple shows and this was i think a good way to bring it all back together for both of these competitors and i would now very interested to see where they both go from here because uh they both definitely proved a point and um Definitely, Billy seems like she's ready to be up there and be featured just as much as Ali Catch. And Ali Catch working all these different promotions seems like, hey, we don't see her on GCW every one, as much as you said at the beginning. She's what the fourth or fifth most wrestled, wrestle, most wrestled the most matches in GCW. Yeah, where I would Billy would kind of nice to see her featured a little bit more. But Ali Catch is doing stuff with these other promotions where Billy could step in and fill the Ali Catch role and wrestle against all these nice the new female talent that they keep on bringing into gcw so here's the fun one billy starks out of 65 matches i believe 65 is the number i give you she had 20 of them so she's shown up for almost a third of those matches that was uh that puts her ranked and tied for oh no it puts her ranked to 26th and then yeah ali catch coming in six with 42 matches so yeah she showed up for about uh what three quarters of the matches there not too bad at all and i and i think it's kind of nice of valley catch and effie kind of doing these other promotions as well because obviously yeah the heart grows fonder with absence so whenever they do show up we're going to be oh shit it's been three shows since we've seen alley catch yay she's back and like let's see what she's uh, what she's going to do tonight kind of thing it would make uh, i think it would give us fans a little more enthusiastic get us more enthusiastic to see them again the spot in this i wanted to mention quickly before we did the finisher um billy hit this fantastic tombstone pile driver into a swanton and it was just it's worth checking out just one time because again every now and then that little girl surprises us and that one i had to write into my notes because it was just so well done um billy was the underdog and she did a great job at being that I like when Billy's the underdog. She's really good at getting sympathy because of her age. She's got the blue eyes. So that's the whole thing there. At the end of this, the winner ended up being Alley Catch via pile driver on Billy. It was expected, but not expected. Um, a 10 minute match. There was a this was wrestling this is wrestling chant at the end of this. I think the fans got more than what they expected, which is always good. Yeah, I thought this was a great, just no nonsense. We don't need all this fuckery to kind of get crazy matches. This is, yeah. This, as you said, this is wrestling. Who's gonna, who's still in charge now? Is it still Ali Catch, or do we have a new leader, Billy, and being the underdog? I, they did a great, great match. I thought this was very, 
very well planned out and very well executed to help improve both wrestler status on this on the roster not only just with the wins and losses but Allie Catch keeping her foothold on the women's division and B- Billy showing that she's right there to take over when need be. And that will lead us into our fifth matchup of the, of the evening, which is now turned into a GCW tag team title match. Instead of the Mega Bastards, we have Los Macisos as the champions going against the team of Gringo, Loco, and ASF. And this is one of these matches we've been kind of saying we would like to see ASF and Gringo get some gold on them, get a chance to even go for some gold. And as a tag team, seeing these two getting the recognition to go against the tag team titles, I was excited for this opportunity for them, especially against Los Macisos. Um, seeing hopefully they'll keep a more not extreme match, but a more normal tag team match up in this match, and we kind of got that. And I'm always always excited to see Los Macisos. So this was this was a fun match, very fun, very luchador kind of style match. Um, everybody loved this. There were lucha chants before the match even fucking started. I'm starting to realize that ASF is the king of the Tilt-A-Whirl head scissors. <laughs> I, I, I'm just noticing. Uh, halfway in the match, the pace really picked up. It really did mostly stay inside, which I was surprised by. It was one of these ones where they stuck to the rules, which is really surprising given this was an ASF Gringo Los Macisos match. These guys are known for going outside and really doing their thing. But yeah, they really played by the rules here. And I noticed something because it matters to me this venue has like the nicest softest chairs and i'm so jealous because as a fan that would be so awesome if you have a chance check out those chairs they got like four inch freaking uh pillow in them or some <laughs> shit. dude they look so comfortable and you sit sometimes for so long at these shows that it's nice to have that. So that's, I don't know. It's stupid, but I had to mention it. No, it's not stupid. That's one thing I'm really scared of for the UCC collective weekend, where if I do go to all these 12 shows or whatever shows yeah. they are in the same spot, those chairs fucking suck there. I hate to say it. They're just like the gold. <laughs> no, tell the fans. They look like gold wicker chairs. Get, they know to get some padding, yep. or, you know, sit on your, sit on one of your extra shirts or something. I don't ever bring, I don't even have one like these padding seat paddings, but I am buying one specifically just for this collective show because those chairs suck to sit in. Like they're so like, I feel like, <laughs> okay, yeah. especially with my fat ass, I feel like I'm going to bust it anyway, especially with all yeah, these wrestlers yeah, yeah. flying into them and how much damage that these chairs have taken. I'm surprised they last this long, but I am definitely bringing a, uh, seat cushion or hopefully they do bring some nicer chairs because they get sitting in those chairs for all day long that's going to suck for me <laughs> I, I totally get that um so what, do you, what else do you have to say here because i know you have something to say Look, i just love do. seeing the tags just yeah. seeing a normal old school tag matchup in gcw's this i love seeing like oh the hot tag and them actually kind of as you said go and abiding by some of these rules i every once in a while i like to change the pace seeing the rules being followed in gcw and kind of being kind of the stylistic wrestling that we kind of grew up in i really like seeing that every once in a while i do like sometimes the chaosness of like oh no there are no rules there's no legal person we're just it's up to the referee's discretion as long as they know who's going to win and and could count out count a three i don't care how we get there i like seeing the excitement they both have their place in my in my mind of a tornado tag or regular normal tag and i liked in this matchup seeing a more normal stylistic match in this in this one i'll tell you too tough as nails Mieta was limping a lot through this match 
he's tough as he dude, needs a break so <laughs> dude dude needs a break and he has a championship he just won that's why you i'm kind of hoping nick wayne and jordan kind of oh, i mean he's got ngi coming up they both got ngi coming up here too so Shit. i don't know well obviously there's no show between now and then that have already happened other than the one we haven't covered so they are going into ngi as the well i guess i do i don't want to spoil it i guess we do got to cover one match because the, the tag belts were defended in LA. I totally forgot that they were up for grabs. Anyway, but I don't know. I, I just, as the same thing, seeing media, it's like every show, there's like he's either his shoulder or his leg or his head or his back. Like they've just, ever since they've been in GCW, though, this is why I'm so glad. Like they've been going GCW only and doing all the shows and doing all these kind of matchups and being there every single show as a GCW regular. So I'm all for that. But I definitely think uh, Medio need, needs to take a little bit of time off just to heal that body up because he's been going balls to the wall since they they both have since they've been here but i think now they've kind of they've kind of shown us fans of what we've kind of missed over these years where now they yeah. could take maybe take a little break heal up and then come back full form again and go on another long spree of, of gcw shows okay so i'll just kind of let the floodgates open i fucking love most macisos dude i had no expectations <laughs> whatsoever when they first came out they didn't look like anybody super special they just came out they were another tag team they could have just mixed very easily in my head with quite a few other lucha tag teams and they've separated themselves so well i did not realize how fucking integral they are to the tag team division in gcw no idea whatsoever and um wow they're like well i don't want to say pillars but it's like they're solid they're always there they put on a good show they can wrestle single they can wrestle tag they can wrestle hardcore like they're all over the place oh yeah and they can wrestle mm -hmm. like that's what i'm saying yeah that's a complete squad like that is a complete package the only thing i think they're missing is eventually getting on the microphone or getting a manager that'll talk for them because their work speaks for themselves the only reason they'd go any further would be if they needed to for a storyline purpose these guys really don't need to talk they benefit from it but how much more of a push do they really need dude they're so fucking over they got so much respect from the gcw fans too yeah, they they are on this run are exceeding my expectations of what I had for their when they were coming back because I know when it was announced that a lot of people were like oh really because like, Brett did hype it up I got a huge announcement and everyone's like oh shit and then oh it's just Los Macisos like there wasn't a lot of fanfare on the announcement as much as I had I was like oh shit this Los Macisos are back let's see like what I've been missing all these times since I first started watching them like. I know I I caught it late GCW like I'm not saying I went two years without seeing them but without seeing them on all the shows that I was watching I want to see what I missed out on and they've been killing it as you said as a tag team as singles competitors in a normal matchup in the death match matchup I think we're really going to see an NGI like what Los Macisos are all about where I first saw them was like NGI I think it was two when they went against each other i'm just waiting for everyone else to kind of see what they provide in this tournament because it's going to be fucking crazy with these two but as you said they whatever you want them to do they can do it and do it very very well and they have exceeded my expectations during this run where i think as much as they've done and as i said and i could we could kind of see their bodies taking the toll hey you proved your point take a little break after ngi hopefully lose the tag belts to nick and wayne or nick jordan oh my god nick wayne and jordan oliver and then take your little break but I, they've definitely earned it where I know when they come back, they're going to even be even better than what they have been with this run because hopefully they have healed their bodies and are more 
close to 100% than what they are right now. But even with not being 100%, they're still killing it out there. And also, I'm a huge fan of having like a Los Macizo summer or an SGC summer. I'm looking forward to something like that. This tag team division is just so damn good. Again, I hope they have a, a another show where we focus on tag teams. There's just so many awesome tag teams right now. And why we have Bussy, the Bastards, Los Macisos, you've got the South Pacific Savages, and so on and so SGC, forth. SGC, or not SGC, uh, yeah, you didn't say SGC, I don't think you said SGC, Nick Wayne, like, we, as you said, all these yeah, competitors, yeah. but then also, like, add in the teams, Wave and Curls, main event, and all that stuff, like, I, that's just a lot of talent they have. And then throw in the locals. I yeah. mean, they've got locals everywhere they go. How much talent is sitting in L.A. right now that would be more than willing to jump in the ring with any of these guys? Um, our winner, I'll just name it so we get yeah. it off there, Los Macisos with the five-star frog splash on ASF. Fantastic match. It was a little quicker than I would have liked. It was nine minutes. I could have used more. 12, 13 would not have bugged me one bit. There's more to that if they wanted to. I don't know about ASF and Gringo as a full-on complete team. They do work well together, but there's something off there in the looks. I don't feel like they complement each other just yet, and I don't know what it is. Maybe, well, I'm not going to get into it too much, but yeah, Los Macisos won this thing. The dollars were flying in the ring as they should be. A lot of respect from the fans. I will mention this just because, and I saw it in the Lucha match just a little, but in the previous matches, there were quite a few miscues tonight. I don't know what it was. Maybe everybody's tired. There's been a lot of working. There's been a lot of trips. I don't know. I only see it because I have a keen eye. Otherwise, the average fan would not have caught it whatsoever. Same thing. I see it in small communications and in the handwork. Um, I just, maybe there were a lot of matches tonight where they hadn't had a chance to work with each other very often. I'm but. I'm blaming it on the on the travel because, I mean... From That's September till all September and October, they hit the UK, Japan, Mexico, coast to coast on the in the states, everywhere in between. Like they, <laughs> luckily for us fans, we get to see it all this much. But I mean, I there's sometimes like some nights where I'm like, oh my god, these guys are killing themselves, and it's weekend, week out. Where hey, they like a week this week. There was no GCW this weekend, which is why we're recording on the weekend because we actually get to take a breath and play catch up, just like how hopefully all these wrestlers are taking a breath, playing catch up, and getting their bodies ready for NGI coming up. And I think they just kind of need, I think like maybe one month or one weekend a month and just like take it off. Kind of like, Hey, let's take a break, relax, come back at it full strength and do it again. But as GCW says, they keep going and going and fucking going. But I think that, that this is one of the negatives of seeing that as we get to see kind of like, yeah, gringo, just like how Jordan the night before slipped on the rope going for his clout cutter on this one. Gringo kind of slipped uh, trying to catch his gringo cutter from the top. But I think the benefits of both of those spots where it didn't look as bad because the ring was so small where they kind of were able to at least kind of catch the cutter. It just didn't look as cleanly as what it normally would have. But at least they were kind of able to save it where it didn't look completely off. So, um yeah, I, I had the same feeling though, but I just, I'm putting it up to travel as well as not being as comfortable with being a lot of first time matchups against each other as well. I agree with you there. I just think that there's just so many people that watch this that have expectations and we have them too. So I don't know, man, these guys, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is, but ASF and Gringo work well together, but I don't see them as a team. I don't know who they need. Maybe this is a Blake situation. No, it's not Blake either. 
I don't know. I, I think I have to think about this because down the road here, I want to talk to you about fantasy booking tag teams. I'm all for that. You know me. I love my fantasy booking. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, at some point, we're going to have to talk about playing with someone else's toys because I think it would be kind of cool to fantasy book some tag teams together. I'd put Commander with uh, with Gringo. Yeah. I think I think they just work well together. Um, nothing against ASF. I just feel like he doesn't work as well as maybe a couple other luchas do and that's nothing against asf because asf is a damn good performer yeah i just i just don't know who i'd put him with right now do you have somebody that i think what for me it's, it's seeing them kind of go against each other so much that when they team up against each other it kind of feels like it's good wait am i supposed to watch them go against each other or this is like the same move that you usually do to each other but now you're using it in a positive way as a tag team yeah to use yeah. it on someone else where like i kind of seeing people go against each other for so long and then team up against each other throws throws me all off like paying, paying attention of like who they just kind of that setup of the match and kind of everything like oh shit i'm so used to seeing them all in the six-way scramble where i forget that they are a team or even during a scramble i'm like oh shit like are they teaming up together or i don't know it just it is a just different vibe of between Gringo and ASF teaming and going against each other, teaming and going against each other, it kind of throws me off a little bit. Oh, and for our sixth matchup of the evening, we have Yamato going against All Heart Blake Christian. And once again, still nice seeing Yamato still uh, in the States. I think he has this match and then he has one more in the next episode we cover and hit him up. And then I think the said his farewells that he's going back home to dragon gate but it was kind of fun while we had him out here and we got to see him kind of go against a lot of our favorites and great in-ring in-ring people with uh tony deppin jordan blake um it's been a fun set of matches yamato has had what was your thoughts on this match john happy that it started with a handshake because i didn't know how this was going to play out with our little heel face situation i'm noticing that blake and yamato work really well together and i also noticed that blake was limping on his leg after a leg drag from yamato and i didn't honestly know if it was real or not but he certainly played it up through the match really well if he wasn't hurt but it, it looked like he was christian kind of went towards the heel route there was a spot where he was trying to do a rope break and he used his middle finger to do it but yeah, same as previous matches this night, there was not a lot of high spots, which I was kind of expecting more with a Blake Christian, but it just wasn't there tonight. And again, Yamato is the type, you're not fighting him in the air. I'm learning this now. Yeah, I liked how Blake kind of switched it up. As we said, uh, yeah. Yamato kind of like, I, I feel like a lot of Yamato and Tony Deppin are kind of very similar. I think that's why it was. I really liked that matchup when they first went against each other at Fight yeah. Club. But this was a cool, another different version of Blake. We kind of get to see how he is mostly on the ground because we always talk about how flying, how high face. Oh my god, how high paced his matches and how fast they all are. So it was kind of nice seeing a different version of Blake Christian with this match, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, there was there's a another once again another fifty fifty kind of match where both men came out looking really good, and they both benefited from this kind of style of match. Yeah, they, they really did just beat each other back and forth. Neither man was really dominant long-term in this match. You know what I mean? Where yep. Someone had a run for a minute, minute 15, 45 seconds, and then it went back to someone else. There was dueling chance for both men throughout the whole match, so it was nice to see that this is more of a respect-style match. Uh, still, Yamato has been a solid worker, and we're getting please-come-back chance for him. So I have a feeling that... 
I'm hoping Yamato comes back because, again, yeah, he's just can't wait to see him again. He just seems to he fit right in. He to had Deppen. He had Deppen. Who else would he be? Maybe Janela. Janela can put the boots and keep the boots on the ground and have a probably a pretty good match with him. I think that'd be a fun match for Yamato to kind of do all that crazy fuckery kind of stuff because I don't know, yeah, yeah. I don't know what kind of style matches he normally has in Dragon Gate, but I think he would really enjoy kind of having one of those match, like a GCW style match out here with Joey Janela because I think that that'd be like the perfect opponent to kind of walk him, not walk him through it, but kind of help him get used to like what this kind of matchup style would be uh, if he does come back in GCW where we get to see him. Like some little or high, bigger high profile names and kind of get a little bit crazier if that's what he kind of wants to do out here. But I'm on the same way with the fans. Please come back because I like I've enjoyed his run out here. I he's definitely one I would de- like to see stay and kind of do some more cool stuff with kind of like how Commander's kind of stayed uh, since he's been with the, uh, GTW a little bit. And our winner in this one, Yamato with a Frankensteiner into a roll up on Blake Christian. I wanted to mention that winner because I wanted to say, I honestly thought Blake was going to win this one. I figure he could use the push. Yeah. Yamato kind of done 50 50, like with Gresham. And uh-huh. But yeah, Tony's, yeah. he kind of like, he won one, lost one, won one, lost one. So I like that. And I like the finish. Once again, another non traditional, like, uh, finishing move kind of finish. It's a kind of surprise finish where. A simple move that we don't think is going to be the end of it. It turns out working very well as a surprise little uh, finish to the match. And I I enjoy those kind of stuff. Deep match storytelling is what that is. Yeah, I'm used to, we're used to seeing him win with the Galleria. So seeing him win with just a regular uh, roll up after Frankenstein kind of was pretty cool seeing. And um, Blake, yeah, once again, Blake is Blake is Blake. He's good at any kind of style match. I, I enjoyed this match. Uh, Pretty much, like I said, I, I was expecting more high flying, faster pace, just because that's what we normally see with Blake. And I thought maybe this would be Yamato kind of showing, like, hey, this is the kind of style match you want. I could do this too. But I yeah. did like how he controlled the pacing, and that kind of just turns in. Like I think that's kind of like his his character is like, oh, we're gonna slow down. I always say like Tranquilo. I don't know. He just reminds me of like a, a, huh? a Naito out in New Japan. Like Tranquilo, guys, we got it. I know what we're doing. We're good. We don't need to go fast. Calm down. We can have a fun match without going crazy. You know, I was really happy with the just happy endings. They ended with a hug, which was cool. I don't know how much Yamato we have left, so I'm trying to enjoy what we do have. I'd love to know how many matches we do have left with him. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I think the one in LA was the last one. The next one match that he has with Jordan, I I think I remember when I watched it back after seeing it live, because you can't hear anything live, but I think on commentary, I think they said that was kind of like his farewell match. So I'm, I could be wrong on it, but that's yeah. why I think I remember hearing. I honestly hope for Yamato, just like most of the other foreign talents that come through, I hope they were happy with their run. I hope the American fans were um, at least loving and up to expectations for the wrestler and i hope he comes back so uh i put this note in here and i know we kind of touched on it earlier but i'm gonna just write it out i i i spent uh you know it's a paragraph it's hard to not write that and say something but (laughs) the influx of japanese talent has brought quality wrestling to the show um between the wrestling quality and the difference in commentary i believe gcw is working on being a more mainstream or professional company i wrote that it was just a an observation and it's good to have that quality 
go up. I'm I'm well that's the proper direction. There's only one other way for it to go. Yeah, and I like how like with we see Ninja Mac and Dante Leon out there killing it and Noah and stuff like that. I think like them bring in working with the talent and the companies out there and bringing their talent in here to the states and then us sending our talent out there. Joey Janela with DDT is another one. Um the TNT whenever like we worked with TNT. It's kind of, I, I like seeing all the companies work together. As we always say, I think that's always best for business for everybody involved. And um, I do hope this kind of turns into something where some of these wrestlers maybe go in and get a little tour out in uh, Dragon Gate and kind of seeing yeah. what happens out there, like Alex Zane with New Japan. So I, I do like how it opens it up for these wrestlers to kind of get different opportunities and bigger opportunities, especially um, in other outside and other companies outside the States. I think that GCW really keeps that whole vibe alive of making sure there's international talent flowing in and out of the United States at all time. That's something that AEW tries to do. And I think they do decent on and WWE. I wish they would do more. Yes. But we're missing out on a whole other half of the world's talent out there. And most of them do rise to the top and stay there or they come over our way. But I, it's such a big part of culture over in Japan. It's really interesting that we don't incorporate more of that in our American wrestling, unless it's a territorial thing, which I'm sure it is. Yeah. You know how that goes. That's not, I mean, it is now, but really even up until the nineties, I'm sure that having others come over from other places may be a territorial thing because then that means someone has to sit on their hands and not get paid. Yeah, true. I I, I I just like the fluidity of it all. Like seeing like uh, last night Shibata going showing up in AEW, which is crazy. Then just seeing D- D- Ninja Mac winning the Noah Light- Junior Light Heavyweight Title. Like that's just insane. It's just cool to see the fluidity of the wrestlers going in and out of these promotions and going across the world and putting on an awesome show. That just it's just beneficial to everybody. I think it gives more jobs for the wrestlers. Uh, brings in bigger talent sometimes for the companies, which in turn should hopefully make the companies more money. Um, and us fans, like we just get to reap all the benefits where, and, and no better, yeah. no risk, all the benefits for us fans get to enjoy all these new styles and faces of wrestling and these fresh matchups that we've never seen before. So I just love all that direction. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons I've always loved GCW since I started following them is because they've kind of, it put that dream matches in front of us where we won't ever see those matches in any other company. And if so, we get to say we saw it live first in GCW. And that's always a fun feeling to kind of have. Great fucking point. Our seventh matchup of the evening is a six man tag match as we have SGC, Effie, Mance, and Matthew Justice going against Team Unsanctioned Pro which was the team of Aaron Williams, Jeffrey, John, and Lord Crew. I have never seen this team of Unsanctioned Pro before. Any of these three talents off the top of my head, I couldn't, I saw their faces and I couldn't remember any of them. But once again, I get to see new talent, see what kind of they bring to the table. And I, I liked it because it was obviously SGC match is going to be kind of very hard to not like all the action and craziness that happens there. But uh, I definitely think these three members of Unsanctioned Pro definitely held their own and made it just as entertaining uh, as it could be with the match of SGC. Okay, so I, I'm with you. Team Unsanctioned Pro was awesome. They showed up. It was enjoyable. Um, I believe they came out with tables, did they not? Uh, yeah, they came out. They came out with tables about yeah. halfway through the match. 
I was laughing because they had a three doors down joke because each guy came out one of each and I don't know. Did you hear that or not? No, I like I said, I kind of <laughs> with yeah, the yeah, commentary yeah, no. that I wasn't fully paying attention, so I must I might have missed the gem there. Oh no, no, yeah, it was funny. They were they were making corny jokes about three doors down and uh the tag rules were really not applying in this match, even though it was a three three t- by three. It's mostly controlled fighting in the ring, which is unlike SGC and so hey we went with it and again I don't know the reason for it but they kept the action in there there was not as much split screen as we normally would see um I'm going backwards unfortunately but I had to mention Effie came out in a safari hat <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool it must have been something he found backstage then Mansur grabs it off the ground and he hides in the fern on the stage like he's hunting something and it was just a fantastic thing. I kind of wanted to just. I like when Mance has fun. When you could tell when he's having yeah, fun yeah. when he does shit like that, because he's very entertaining when he's being a full on Mancer's uh, kind of style. Well, when they're having fun, we're having more fun. And the more it seems like it's just off the cuff and enjoyable, the more the fans seem to feel like it's a more relaxed and personal show. I've noticed that every time. Uh, there was the three doors that came out. Team Unsanctioned Pro picked up every member of SGC, one on each corner, three out of four corners there, and put all three members of SGC through those doors. It was fantastic. I will say, sadly, there was only a small momentary split screen. It was about seven and a half minutes in. I wanted to mention it because I love me some split screen. So that's what I have to say about that fairly short nine-minute match between these six. Yeah, I, I, it was an SGC match, yeah. except you added in Effie, so you get the kind of the Effie variables in there with his spots and stuff like that. So yeah. kind of changes the dynamic and the craziness a little bit, but whatever he does do the gets involved, and after he's done doing that kind of his Effie spots, he does full-on fit, fit into SGC with all the craziness. And I was actually kind of surprised they put SGC through the tables because normally it's always SGC that's putting the other people through the tables. So it was kind of nice seeing uh, unsanctioned Team Unsanctioned Pro kind of turn the tables on SGC for the, oh, I guess, turn the tables, I guess, <laughs> would be another little horrible pun as three doors down. So, uh, fun match, typical SGC, fun, entertaining match. So our winner in this one, sorry, I jumped no, good. Nope. Um, Team SGC, Effie hit a super sack rider on Jeffrey John. I believe that's who that was. Um, in that one that he performed on. I kind of got a couple names. Made yeah, I was the same Aaron way. And Jeffrey. That's what I was just um, about to. That's what uh, you cut me off on. What I was saying I was like, I couldn't really tell you like who was who. I kind of missed it on the introductions and stuff as well. So like throughout the whole match, I don't know like who was Aaron, who was Jeffrey, who was Lord Crew. Like I was kind of like kind of trying to figure it out myself until I had to like rewind it and go back and figure it out. But that just kind of goes off the commentary where I wasn't listening or paying attention as much as I normally would have been. Um, I think Lord crew is the one that he reminded me of Matthew justice and about 10 to 15 seconds later, I hear, I think Emil or Prezak say, I'd like to see him up against justice. And I went, Oh gee, I like Lord crew. I'd like to see him come back. He was a tough guy. He had a good look to him. I thought they did uh, held their own for an SGC style Fun. match. They yes. definitely held their own. I that was a perfect combination trio combination to kind of have a great SGC kind of style match, and it fit right in. Yeah, they obviously brought their guns to this one, and they they made great choices, dude. If I was somebody who was looking to train in that area of Ohio, I'd totally look over there because they they did a damn good job, and they look like they train well. 
And I believe they worked with them on a couple of the collectives before as well was the team on section pro. So it's kind of nice get to see them in action again, but I just, I just don't recall for sure. These, any of these three competitors on my screen ever before, but uh, they definitely held their own for, for an extreme SGC kind of style match. And I would definitely like to see them run that back. Fuck. Yeah. If they come to Columbus again, I hope they show up again. They, uh, they put it on. I'm waiting for one of these teams to kind of like, I don't think we ever seen one of these local teams beat SGC. I'm kind of waiting for the surprise kind of uh, victory of a, a trio that kind of pops up and surprises and beats SGC in like their home territory. I think that'd be such an awesome pop and the shock on all everyone's faces. I think that'd be a very cool story to have. I I'm not going to disagree. I honestly could see a storyline there where it does not require anything but locals wherever they go. We're kicking the shit out of you and you and you and you, and eventually they'll find a, a, a trio or a tag team that's worth a shit. And that'll be the one to stop SGC. I think that's a fantastic storyline. Yeah, and I thought that's kind of what was going to happen when uh, Bussy uh, B- Bussy was uh, tag champions. I thought maybe one of those teams of main event or Waves and Curls would kind of get the surprise victory in their kind of yeah. home area. Because I just think, like, I think it's like right now the time to do it because the crowd's like, we see SGC against, if it's non-GCW competitors, we know who's going to win. I think they'd be really cool to capitalize on that kind of special surprise pop that we haven't really seen in a long time in GC. And yeah, you already said the winner with the sack rider GC with the victory. That will lead us into our eighth matchup of the evening, which is a four way match between Cole Radrick, Anakin Murphy, Jimmy Lloyd, and Christian Robinson. And uh, the one name here that I was actually really, really excited to see was Christian Robinson. I, I like him. I like, I've seen a couple of his matches and he, is very entertaining. The style, the look, the moveset. I I enjoy Christian. So I was like, I didn't know he was going to be in this match. So when I saw him, I kind of got excited and was focusing more on this match because of scene to get to see him again. Okay, so I'm not gonna lie. On my end, I'll just tell you this match was less than five minutes. I was really surprised by that. This was the breath before the main event. That's exactly what this was supposed to be. And that's exactly what it was. There were two regulars from GCW, and then there were the two local talents. I hadn't seen Christian Robinson before or or, uh, Anakin Murphy. So those were new to me. Uh, Being a Star Wars person, I would have remembered an Anakin. Um, (laughs) The uh, in the pace of this match, it came off a lot like a scramble more than just a simple four way. I think the excitement level was just a little higher. So I think that's how I interpret it as a scramble. I, uh, let's see here. There was a spot where Lloyd hit this crazy fisherman's buster on Murphy and it looked incredibly dangerous and damn, go back and watch that again. It's only less than a five minute match. It's, it's worth checking out. Lastly, the local talent did their freaking job. They looked good. I think, um, unsanctioned pro and the local talent in Ohio should be very proud of themselves with what they put out there. Um, we've seen some locals that are so, so these guys held their own. And when they come back, I hope they come back and maybe they have a grudge or a chip on their shoulder. Let's, let's keep something going there because they're worth it. Yeah. I kind of like, I think out of the, all the locals we've kind of seen, um, one of the more excited ones that, uh, for me, for people that I haven't seen was the Atlanta group, that scramble that they had 
with the locals in Atlanta when they did their scramble match with Jimmy Lloyd yeah. with teriyaki and stuff like that. Like that was, yeah, that was incredible. Like that company, wherever like those locals there was, that was amazing to watch. And I agree with you, Unsanctioned Pro, they definitely shined out here on this big stage of GCW, and I enjoyed every bit of it. Um, yeah, I was surprised this was a short match. I thought it would be a little longer. Um, <laughs> I kind of looked this uh, watched this match and kind of was like it's Jimmy Lloyd's way of all right. I got these two uh, two uh, young talent that I never I never wrestled with before maybe or I've never seen. So I was like Jimmy Lloyd's trying some shit that I've never seen Jimmy Lloyd do with them and kind of experimenting uh-huh. with them, which was kind of fun watching Jimmy Lloyd do that. Um, and also that's just up. yeah. Uh, I yeah, this was fun. I I enjoyed it. I, I wish it was longer. It was a little shorter, but um, we kind of knew what we had the main event. I was kind of happy it's like okay I've, I, this main event should be like 30 40 minutes but when i was kind of looking at the clock but then they didn't kind of let it breathe out a little bit longer unfortunately but that's why the four-way match was cut short but it was fun entertaining kind of glad to see cole get back on the winning winning path uh even though it was non-title or not for anything it was a quick little four minutes four-way scramble so it and then- i don't know for me, as a Cole Radrick fan, I was happy to see that there was a win here, especially after the loss of the belt. I wanted to see that there was a bounce back. So yeah. I was happy to see that there there is some bounce back here. Yeah, that was kind of my whole thing, too, was like the final take was like, yeah, these Cole got the victory. I still wish I would have saw more of Christian Robinson um, during this match with Cole Radrick and Jimmy Lloyd. Uh, Anakin, uh, that was a... I never seen Anakin before, but I, I kind of like the name. I'm a Star Wars fan, too, so I was like, oh, Anakin, but... Huh? didn't really no, stand out to me was, like his work was good yeah it's just we didn't mention it that's all yeah but, well there's not much yeah. to mention because it was such a short match right right but that leads us into our main events of the evening one of my short-term dream matches i had on my watching list and i got to see it as the octopus jonathan gresham goes against speed ball mike bailey and yeah, this this was good. I uh, was a shorter match. I wish, like I said, I thought it was going to be like a 30, 40 minute long match just based off of the timing that I saw left of what I thought might have been the the length of the show. They ended up cutting it a little bit shorter than what I would have liked, unfortunately. But um, this was a fantastic match. Great setting. They both absolutely tore it down. They hit every single spot. This was fantastic. What was your thoughts on this match? So both men... I was thinking maybe Gresham was going to be the heel here. I really wasn't sure. Gresham wanted this handshake right off the bat, and Bailey really wasn't that sure about it. So he keeps putting it out there, and Bailey just, he's not into it. So Gresham goes outside of the ring, and he decides he's going to start shaking you know, fans' hands to show Bailey that it's, it's okay to shake hands. Loved so, it. Yeah, and it was a nice little spot. I appreciate that they did that. I wrote in my notes that both of these guys, I wish we had full time. They're just so damn good. I wish we could hold on to them. Neither man was really dominant in the first five minutes. And honestly, it's a hard, it's hard to write on some of these highlights because it wasn't high spot heavy. This was more quick exchange, hold, reversal, strike, more quick exchanges, strike, strike. So it's hard for me to sit here and just write notes on it. So I want people to understand that I'm working with my back against the wall on some of these notes. I was happy to hear there were fight forever chants at the 10 minute mark. I had realized about 15 minutes in that this was a classic style match. There was a lot of space in between each hit. This was WWE style. 
is really what I could say about it. It was someone takes an impact and then they shake it off for a little bit. It adds to the story. It adds to all the, you know, the static that's going on between the two. Um, it was amazing watching each of these men use gears that I didn't know they had left in the match. Uh, many times the match pace just kind of sped up in an instant. It was really exciting. I love that. But yeah, Bailey would just be doing his thing. He's almost out. And then all of a sudden he'd kick in a gear that we hadn't seen that pace since the beginning of the match. And I like Gresham doing that. I like Bailey doing that. I really do feel this is a future main event down the road again, and I'd like to see it on a bigger stage, and I'd like to see him maybe roll for a 30-minute match because they can carry it. Yes. That was a lot. Thank you for holding in there, but yeah, that was a lot. I wanted to get through all that, though, because it's a mouthful, and um, I I don't, I can't say enough praises for this freaking match. It was awesome. Yeah, and everything you said is exactly what I was kind of hoping to expect going into this match, and they delivered. Love technical. I love the... I thought, the same thing as you, I thought Gresham was going to be the heel. But once he went outside and started doing the handshakes, he kind of got a little heel where two people flipped him off, but you see him kind of owning it. Like, oh, no, you really hurt my heart. But then like one guy's like, okay, never mind. You actually are pretty good. I respect you. Here's a high five. And he's like, see, this is all we need. This is wrestling. He changed his mind. We're good. We're going to enjoy ourselves. So it was nice seeing John- Jonathan Gresham kind of have fun with the fans because between like um, him, Leo Rush, and ACH, I a lot of the hate is from the fans that – I, I don't I don't know I don't get it because I love all three of them but I see them get constantly all this hate from the fans where I could see that's could be a lot of the reason why that they kind of take their breaks because they just get shit on by these fans where and I don't understand and they're probably like why do why am I getting shit on everyone else is they kind of let the the minority of the fans like the very few fans kind of get in their head. I think more than mm-hmm. that's what it seems like to me and seeing Gresham kind of handle the fans this way. I was so glad to see it because I mean, he, what three, four months ago said he was done wrestling and GCW brought him back and he's been kind of a GCW, not regular, but he's wrestled three or four or five times since he said he quit and retired a couple months ago. So I'm, I love how he's trusting GCW to book him the right way and give him the creative like freedom to do whatever the hell he wants. And you could see him being enjoying wrestling a lot more than what it looked like when he said he was quitting. And so him interacting with the fans this way showed me that he's in a good mental health state right now. And I love seeing him oh, yeah. doing that kind of stuff. And cause I love, I love Gresham. I love seeing him wrestle all the time. And this one was one of the, my dream matches. It was awesome. I love the technical ability. I love how you said they kind of switched up the pacing where it was slow they needed it. They told a story on the ground. When it was time to pick it up for two, three minutes, they went balls to the wall for three minutes and like they paced it up and down. And I loved every single bit of this match. I don't think people give Gresham enough credit for his ring psychology. I know they talk about his ability when it comes to his strength because the dude is almost as wide as he is tall. No shit. Like that is <laughs> impressive what he does with his back and shoulders yep. and chest. Impressive as hell. I mean, he's like a prototype for how you would want. Like, he's just, he's just all muscle. Um, Yeah, there was a real show of respect. We got both these guys' chants that had come out. I, um, I'm just going to echo it again. I really want to see these guys run it back as soon as possible. I would like to see them more comfortable with each other so that they can execute even more. I was the same way as soon as the match ended. I was like, give it to me again. And I don't know if you know this or if you're trying to not say this on purpose, but we do get them again. 
We are getting them yes, in yes, Providence. Yes, okay, yes. sorry. I don't know. I was like, I, I don't know if I should hype. spoil it or it's not hype. there. But yeah, I am like right away when they announced, I'm like, thank you. Like that's one of these matches yeah, where like, yeah. yeah, give it to me back to back because I can see these two go at it all day long. And yeah, Providence is the lucky group. And I, I'm the same way. Hopefully they get the 30 to 40 minutes in Providence that they didn't get here tonight because I would like to just to see an absolute just marathon of these guys just killing it because it, this was an incredible match. And I loved the, the stylistic differences and similarities where it fit right into speedball being the striker. Gresham wants to take the legs out and take his main offense away where speedball wants to show that he's the bigger of the two. He's the faster of the two. He wants to keep the pace going. So I liked how they story the, the pace in all these matches all night long was incredible. I loved it. And I loved how they kept everything like kind of like 50 50. They both got their shit in like, and they, everything made sense to me And all these matches, how they put together these matches was phenomenal. Cause it all made sense. And excuse me. No, 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 no. <laughs> I wanted to say that this was the night where, because again, we were in Ohio, we had to do real wrestling. And I wanted to say that this match, it like, they just GCW style. They pushed the pedal all the way down as much as they could. That was great. And kind of going off of what we said a couple of times throughout the night, Gresham does pick up the victory with a non-traditional like finisher, another creative way to end it as he had speedball in a figure four leg lock, but instead of laying down into it and kind of wrenching back and extending the leg, he ended up going the opposite direction and putting all of the weight uh, towards speed he folded him yeah sp folded speedball in half where he put instead of falling back and extended he went towards speedball as he's laying down on the mat and put all the pressure on the legs going the opposite way of where the legs are supposed to go on your body and speedball trying to fight it for as long as he can but then succumbing to the pain and then just takes the three count because he couldn't figure out a way to get out of it and just took it was great i loved it i loved that ending it was so smooth and so smart and i never seen anything like that before i loved it and that will lead us into our memorable moments of the night. As uh, always, we will start off with you first, John, because you always have the good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll start off with the ballroom. That was the first thing I seen. It's beautiful. It's a great place. Um, I think that Emil said just in a tweet for fun that it was, you know, new home for Columbus, Ohio. I, do, I really kind of hope it stays that way. It's a nice, unique venue. It looks good. It has great lighting. Yeah, as long as the fans keep showing up, I hope that they keep going back. I was happy to see Alec Price with the higher, quali uh, higher quality talent tonight. It was obvious he can handle it. So I'm hoping to see more of him. Maybe put him up against a Deppin. Put him up against, say, Blake Christian. I got one for you. Yeah, let's see. Speedball. Oh, oh, that was the one yeah. I was gonna. I was like, when yeah. you started to name the names, I was like, Speedball was the one name that came to my mind. So, another good dance because of their size, the way they are, their youth would be um, Jordan Oliver. I think he'd go good against Jordan Oliver. They did have a good match in AC. Yeah. They did have one yeah. of those. That, that was when I first started hating Alec Price. And I was like, oh, because I think one of some announcers said, oh, it's like, it's the newer version of Jordan Oliver. I'm like, don't, we're not replacing Jordan yet. Calm down. He's still here. <laughs> no. Um, let's see. What else do I have here? I have that the Oliver and Wayne team was just absolutely fantastic to see their growth. I'm really watching that because obviously both you and I are really big fans of those. The Mega Bastards breaking apart. Sad but true. It's going to slowly be happening. So I'm waiting to see how long until that fully unfolds. 
I noticed there were a few banged up people, quite a few miscues. There's some time coming up for our time coming up for GCW where they can rest their talent. God bless them. They're going to need it. It was obvious that quite a few of them were working their ass off and in pain. It was apparent. And then lastly, I would like to say Team Unsanctioned Pro representing their home territory did a hell of a job. And uh, we hope to see them come out soon. They were one of my favorites, um, maybe because it's the Ohio thing, but they're right up there real close with the North Carolina crew that came out that really represented a while back. I cannot remember the name of the show, but I remember being really impressed with North Carolina, Atlanta. So, um, yeah, Unsanctioned, come on back. Let's see what you have. And uh, I'm really happy you carried your banner into the night. I hope that GCW fans treated you well. Yeah, Unsanctioned Pro, definitely. I would. I want to see more of them. Uh, it's like, yeah, that was... Other than Atlanta, Atlanta's been like my favorite kind of outside local territory when they run these shows that I think have stepped it up the most was Atlanta group. But uh, Unsanctioned Pro definitely handled themselves very well in this, this show with SGC and everything else, just with the fans even and stuff like that. So I thought it was a very well-ran show. I loved... Like just the pacing of the entire, all the matches were seemed to have very smart, creative endings. That stuff that we wouldn't expect or didn't see, I've never seen happen. Some like I said, the ending to Speedball Gresham that was so cool of a finish to me, and like Commander sneaking of the win over Shane Mercer and stuff like that. So I love seeing the different kind of variations of not expecting of when the finish was going to be. Um, I I kind of wish Shane Mercer would have picked up the victory, but I think he definitely kind of once again stepped up to the plate, showed why he's, I think he's underrated and needs to be used a lo- little bit better in GCW than a little bit more often because he has put it on banger after banger these last couple shows. So um, unfortunately he didn't pick up the win, but I hopefully the quality of the match would kind of get him some more uh closer bookings in the near future i am very disappointed that the damn mega bastards lost the title belts the night before because i was really looking forward to seeing jordan and nick wayne just trying to win the tag titles but i am kind of glad with the ending of their match of beating the mega bastards and as you said kind of seeing what happens with the mega bastards now and this is the storytelling we like to see so this is kind of like one of those long ones where they had we get to hopefully kind of see the big blow off between Oxlone and Murdoch. I thought they were done after yeah. Cage's survival, to be honest with you, but I don't mind them kind of teaming up and doing it and maybe running it back again. So I'm all for with what's going to happen, hopefully then. But I hope Alex Sloan doesn't take, uh, doesn't retire and doesn't kind of take a long break. But I hope he does what he needs to do to make him happy. Maybe get his body and health back and maybe he will, we'll see him again in the ring uh, after he decides to take his break. Um, Los Macisos, Gonzalez, F and Gringo. I wish kind of would have had a little bit longer, but that was another match I was really looking forward to. Um, seeing Yamato again, Blake Christian again. That was kind of nice seeing Yamato and Speedball Gresham. That was like the key for me. Like that, soon as that match was announced, I was one. I was like, I'm focusing all my attention on it. And that did, did not disappoint other than the length of the match. But Shortly after, like I said, they did announce where we will be running that back in Providence and hopefully we could get a nice long. I would like to see this maybe even turn into a storyline or feud kind of thing, because as you said, like these are awesome, amazing talents. But what is the purpose of them wrestling other than just putting on these cool dream matches and putting on awesome shows? I would like to see them have something to really go after and fight for because they're so talented where I think they. This is one of those spots where I wish there was another belt for talent like these two. 
And that will do it for GCW's Moments of Clarity. Um, like we said earlier, we're putting this out on November 6th. So hopefully if you're listening on November 6th, if not, if you're at a later date, please check out on Fight TV the replays of NGIs 1 through 6. And that will kind of get you more motivated and see what the NGI is all about. Get you more excited for NGI 7 coming up this weekend on November 12th. Uh, we will be covering the LA show. GCW's hit him up, I think, hopefully on Monday. And then I'll be releasing it. Uh, hopefully Tuesday. So Tuesday, hopefully keep an eye out for GCW's hit them up. Um, and we'll cover that fun show. Like I said, I was at that one. So I could kind of, that one might be a little different where I kind of go over kind of a firsthand experience. So yeah. That's when it's fun is when we have first-hand <laughs> experiences. I love that. Yeah, it was fun. That, that was another fun show. It was nice to kind of be back in the UCC. And like, as we talked last time, it was, well, Definitely handled way better with the fans and the way the show was and everything. So I definitely can appreciate it. And I think that added to the, in, the enjoyment of my night that night as well. Is there anything else you would like to lead, uh, leave with the listeners before we send them out of here? No. Same thing as always. <laughs> just absolute thanks. We hit that 1,000 yes. uh, number of people who've had a chance to stop over and listen to us. We love that. Um, thank you so much. We're just going to keep doing this for free. Like we always do. <laughs> um, at this point, we probably should be, uh, sponsored by fight TV in some way. So <laughs> maybe if they ever want to hit us up, that would be awesome. We really don't want to go the blue chew route. Um, Ooh. no, <laughs> no, oh, honestly. Yeah. We're just having fun doing it. We're fans. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, thank you. Cause it's a lot of work and it's so nice to know that someone is, um, it's just appreciating and paying attention to it. To me, it's oh, God, just wanted to talk. To, no, no, it's good. We just wanted to talk to each other because who else are we going to talk to about this stuff? Twitter's a little crazy. Facebook is a little crazy. And our and, wives are sick of us talking to them about yeah, it. And we're good with our own band of crazy. So <laughs> yeah, I am. A, I, what, what blows my mind away with this podcast is a scene where I, because I, on the app or on the site, whatever, the analytics, I get to kind of see the uh, cities and states of where the people are listening to. And sometimes I could actually go right down to the cross streets of where people are listening to, which was yeah. <laughs> kind of crazy seeing like when I first started and like one of my first listens was from like Washington and I was like, Oh, I could scroll in. Oh, okay. I could keep on scrolling in. And it pretty much led us white right to the white house where somebody was on yeah. the, on the that front lawn of the white house listening to us, which was kind of crazy, but seeing people from, as we talked about a couple episodes ago, like all over these different countries, like the UK one was crazy. Like, the UK people apps or whoever listened to that show, that episode we did, we were, that was like our, we just released it. Then it turned into our most listened to episode ever. It still is our most listened to episode ever, but seeing also like the people from England and Bonnie rig and uh, the Liverpool stuff, seeing the, those names pop up as locations and listens and stuff like that. I thought that was, that's to me is the coolest part of all this podcast is seeing where we're being listened to and seeing where people are watching GCW from. A love for all. Yes. We're all fans. We're all brothers and sisters in this. It's a lot of fun. Yes, and thank you to every single one of the listeners out there. Like I said, we we definitely appreciate it. It is always fun interacting like with some people on Twitter saying they appreciate the show and stuff like that. So that that's those always those moments always uh make our days and make me a lot happier and make me want to go out and bump out another episode right the, right there that that same day. So uh, thank you all of you out there listening and uh, sending support and supporting the show. Yay. <laughs>
On behalf of myself and uh -huh. Mr. John J. Wolf, we will catch you on GCW's Hit Em Up probably Tuesday morning. If you're listening to this, you'll we'll hopefully be listening on Tuesday morning. We'll release the GCW's Hit Em Up around 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 p.m. time. On behalf of, we already said on behalf, whatever, let's set him out yeah, of here. Yeah, that's okay. Right. Long. Long. Lit. Well, we're never going to get this right. Let's just end it now. Fuck it. That's half the fun. Nope, I'm ready. You ready? <laughs> All right, on Like three. we always do about this time. Long, Long live, live G, C, oh, yeah. W, W.